This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as always i'm never alone sir please introduce yourself i'm not happy george i'm not happy not happy george is here in studio (laughs) but you guys may know him as dan the comic book man um and he's not happy because we are uh well, today is a special day. We're trying to cover, we're going to cover in long detail and length the tragically canceled Swamp Thing series uh, that was taken from us too soon from the DC Universe app. What I like is that in doing so, we complete a trilogy of sorts. Uh, we were able to co- cover Titan Season 1. We covered Doom Patrol. And now with Swamp Thing under our belts, uh, we're really given this DC Universe app well, we're getting all of our bang for our buck from it. And to tell you the truth, it's producing some quality, quality stuff. But Swamp Thing, curiously, as um, soon as episode one came out, the, the show was canceled. And so a lot of people kind of never gave the show a chance. Why watch something knowing um, it's, gonna go, it's not going to go anywhere? Dan, you have a long history watching television shows. Has that ever happened to you before? Have where a show just a... abruptly canceled and it's... Where, where, where you knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere or there was no point in really finishing the show because it wasn't going to... Uh, yeah, um, Apatow's uh, first break into TV with Freaks and Geeks and okay. um, Unclared, Undeclared. In many ways, Family Guy, those first three seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they killed that on the vine. And then it got um, extended life through Adult Swim and... Fox ended up renewing the the show. Yeah, I think they ended up canceling like every show Fox had. Because Fox, at a point from like 2001, I'd say to 2005, was just dropping these just one-off, one-season comedy shows that never went anywhere. Method and Red, House, uh, War at House, or War at Home, or something like that. Yeah, they made a joke on on Family Guy about how many of the shows would have to be canceled. And they named like 15, 20, Yeah. yeah. But this was even more peculiar. Because this was, you know, it had a pretty high budget. It was well shot. You know, you have James Wan in as the executive producer. And it does, they didn't have the restraints of being on a network. They didn't have to worry about standards and practices. They didn't have to worry about uh, bowing to any particular network uh, executive or, or network, um, any guidelines that came down. So it was very curious that this show got canceled, period. First of all, it's curious that they even decided to make a show about Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's one of the uh, oldest DC characters. Um, 
who got a lot of relevancy in the 80s, the 70s and the 80s. Um, but they never really gave the character its due. He has um, movies. There are films. <laughs> one produced by Wes Craven, uh, actually. In Is that the 82 one? That's yeah. on YouTube. Like, the full movie's on YouTube. Yeah. And um, I hear that it has some redeeming qualities to it. Um, we were going to review it as part of the Matrix podcast, but I figured getting into Swamp Thing, we probably want the most earnest take. Especially <laughs> after you guys just did Supergirl, so... Yeah, it was not easy. It wouldn't have been easy to digest It wouldn't have been fun. Isn't the point of this podcast to be fun? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, we do what we can for the fans, but like, we should have fun while we do it. Yeah, and sometimes it is fun getting into the more maligned properties that are out there, but it can be a drag. Um, and in looking at a series, we've covered many series or seasons of shows on this podcast, and it can be a daunting task. It can go anywhere from 1 to 26 episodes. Uh, this one, just 10. Some of the Netflix shows, what, 13 or so. And um, you never know what you're going, you're getting once you start it. You can get an uneven season. You can get a poorly paced season. Yeah, I had to read the first um, issue for this just to see what kind of like world I'll be diving into as far as like the fantasy element. Yeah. And it's that standard scientist becomes monster because of experiment gone wrong and stuff like that. Yes, very much of the of the time. But I guess spoiler free for those out there uh, who want just <laughs> to listen to the first 15 minutes of this episode without getting too much spoil for them. How did you feel about this series as a whole? Um, and were there any actors or, uh, I guess, again, without spoiling, any actors or anything in general that stood out to you about the series? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, first off, spoiler-free, I love the show. Anybody, sh- everybody should get on it. If you like Titans, if you like that, especially that season two now that I hear is really good, if you like yeah. Doom Patrol, if you're into that kind of, if you're there, if you bought it into the DC streaming service, I say give this show a chance. It's 10 episodes. It, you're going to blow by it. If, if you binge it right, you'll blow by it in like a day, two days. Yeah. If you decide to like take your time with it, you'll get it done in a week. As far as actors that stood out, um, Andy Bean as Alec Holland stood out to me. You know, in the pilot, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced. Um, and I had watched the pilot and put the show down for a little bit because there was no rush, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not going anywhere. I don't have to binge it by a certain time because season two is not coming out. Um, and I, I guess... Uh, I think I heard it on on uh, the Weekly Planet or Mr. Sunday Movies talking about it. He's not the typical, the typically pristine leading man. Oh, I think that's what's perfect about it. I, I do too. After a while, um, I think that ends up becoming one of his most charming. There's traits. a whole episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's episode. It's episode six or episode seven. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm sold on this guy. Yeah. I'm sold on this guy all the yeah, way. Yeah, he definitely gets more legs later on. Curiously, later on uh, in the series, he gets more. Um, way more to do and Derek Mears as the voice of Swamp Thing oh oh it was just it, it was like listening oh, yeah. to God talk <laughs> no it was legit it was great some people are on the fence about the voice I don't know what people expected it's supposed really? to be like a like a low octave tone and stuff like that yeah whenever you see that character portrayed in comic books his voice uh, bubble is always uh, characteristically different than other people's. Most voice bubbles are the same. It's a circle with a little arrow, uh, you know, a little bottom pointing towards which character is speaking. His were always jagged, um, colorful. They were always yeah, colored. Yeah, they didn't have like that thing that stuck out to the mouth to show that that's what they're, yeah. they're speaking, right? They're always jagged, um, colorful uh, um, voice overs or whatever. And so I guess everyone internalizes what they thought that was going to sound like. Um, 
but I, I dug it. There, there was something almost, and I guess in, in this is Swamp Thing in general, for those uh, uninitiated, um, is, is mostly a, a horror comic. Um, it was made to be a horror comic, and eventually, in the hands of the great Alan Moore, ends up becoming this weird, gothic, um, otherworldly romance story. And a lot of so, existential dread in it and stuff yes. like that. Um, and we'll definitely get into that when we get into spoilers. But I thought that uh, they did a good job portraying that and getting that on on the screen. It, when it's, I don't think it's the easiest to do. Not many people know about this character, and they they had to explain a lot. And I think they do a very very good job. As far of as doing explaining, so. like, like as far <clears> as like <throat> condensing his entire backstory of like well, like thirty years, almost two hundred comics into yeah. ten episodes. Was perfect. Yeah. I thought it was good. What wouldn't have sold me was if he was speaking telepathically. That was my fear when I read. The, I read the first comic before I had a few comics before I watched the show. So when you yeah. don't see like the talking piece yeah. from the word bubbles, I'm assuming he's communicating with people telepathically. Yes, but you de- you see his mouth drawn open and closed. So if they would have made him communicate telepathically, I think I wouldn't have been as nice to the show. Like I would have liked everything about it except for that one part. What did you think about the Swamp Thing design? The um, oh, I thought it was great design for something that's a uh, that's production value of a streaming service. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really really good as well. And when uh, you ever get up close to see him, like when you like no spoilers, but when you get to see who he looks like with the, in like the light, oh, each like little like vine and like leaf that's like on. There's him. literally living flora on him. Like there's literally moss and and you know all these. No, that's other... his hair. His hair is moss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's there's great. all kinds of. Uh, and it, may, it makes sense when you further on when you realize uh, what they're trying to tell you about that character. It makes a lot more sense. Um, oh, what else? I I think if you're a fan of True Blood, you get into this. This reminds me of that very m- much. You know, um, down south, uh, small town, um, weird love story kind of thing where yeah. the girl falls for an otherworldly creature and. Uh, people might not be down with it, but she's going to try to find a way to, to make it right. Um, oh, great. You just described Twilight. Basically. Uh, and It's not like Twilight, people. Don't worry. And maybe now is the time to go on this tangent. Because I think I can go on this tangent without um, getting too spoilery. And it'll give oh, the I know people, you can. It'll give the people at home something to listen to if they haven't uh, watched the show. Speaking of which, comic book click, friend of the uh, show, comic book click, Andre, Vinyl A., uh, said he's going to binge the show in time to listen to this episode. Fan of the show and uh, former comic book click contributor. So I'm 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 hyped for that, brother. Thanks for uh, being a fan. Oh, Thanks Andre, for... thank you, yeah, Andre. 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 Thank you, Andre. Vanley. But um, without spoiling it, why is the story never told the other way around? Are we as men so shallow that we would never fall in love with a fish person? Or a or a uh, beast. Oh, I guess you've never seen M Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water. No, that's what I'm saying. But it's never the man. No, it's, for that, these that was that was it. it was in, in Lady in the Water. It was Paul Giamatti falling for like a oh Lady in the Water. Yeah, Lady. in I the Water. I thought you were talking about the other. What is Shape of Water? Oh, the Shape of Water one. <laughs> no, no, that's oh, what I'm talking God, about. Yeah. Shape of Water, Beauty and the Beast, Twilight. All these things. Very little times is the guy um, going. You know what? It doesn't matter what you look like. 
I, and you're this weird creature that doesn't really belong to this world. Yeah, no, I don't. But yeah. I'm totally into you anyway. Is that what? What is it about that? Are we as men monsters? Is that I'm what? Going, the, I think it's both. I think it's not only as are we as men the, the monster, but it's also right. we would never go for someone that like like, like are that, all women up. settling for the monsters parts of of us as men. Well, that's the um, how I met your mother episode, the reacher and the settler. You know, like yeah. you, you in a relationship, you have to have the the reacher and you have to have the settler in a toxic relationship but no i don't i'm gonna have to do my research on that i'm gonna have to find a movie where a guy falls in love with a girl that's otherworldly that's some sort of monster um but yeah i, I was having that thought i was just thinking like because i you obviously draw parallels you know through to other um love stories uh unconventional or unorthodox love stories and so i wanted to get that off my chest because i was thinking thinking I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't exist I'm just saying that I think men are out of that trope. They're not. There might be exceptions to the rule, but the rule usually is, I guess, that a woman has to look past the, the, the ghastly and um, monstrous parts of the human. This is why we need the, stuff written by women. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, not a, it's, it's not a woke thing. It's not a, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm politically correct, progressive. It's a simple thing of, I want to see other people tell stories. What's so wrong with that? Why does it have to be progressively woke to want a woman to give us a story where the guy has to fall in love with a monster? Yeah, and even though it's not, it doesn't have um, many women working on the show at all, it definitely has a, a, a pedigree of people because um, even though it was announced in 2018 that the show was going to come out, you got Mark Verheiden and Gary Doberman. They were expected to write the first episode of the series and executive produce alongside with James Wan, a horror aficionado, and Michael Clear. Um, James Wan also doing uh, did Aquaman. Yeah, he directed. He direct, directed that. Aquaman, dealing a lot with this water stuff. <laughs> he's dealing around. Oh, he's with just the, cashing in on his water, DC check with the water uh, DC stuff is going for him. Um, and there's definitely a lot of horror effect. Oh, that's another thing. Spoiler free. Incredible body horror in this. Oh, it is uh, gory. Cronenberg levels of body horror, especially in that pilot, um, which we'll get to in a bit. But yeah, uh, the only thing that's kind of weird is that even though it's on the DC streaming service, it's been almost confirmed that it just doesn't take place in the same universe that Titans and Doom Patrol do. That kind of sucks. I would love to see like a Constantine Swamp thing team up with Doom Patrol. Why can't we get well, a Doom, Doom Patrol, Patrol episode in Murray, right? We have a uh, Doom Patrol episode in Titans. So we know that th- those two exist in the same universe. And I don't think it's so wrong to bring the Doom Patrol to Murray for something. They would go to a swamp. They would so go to Murray. There's an episode. There's actually an episode of Doom Patrol where they go to a swamp town. So <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yes, uh, I had read a lot of the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run. And... When we have more time, and on another day, we will definitely cover that run because just like Watchmen, just like V for Vendetta, um, just like all of Alan Moore's work, it definitely uh, deserves some dissection. It definitely deserves some conversation um, because he he has this innate way of bringing a third dimension to these creatures and to these characters. Um, I don't know. I don't know how he manages to pull so much out of so little because I don't think he had much to work with when you consider. The scientist blows up in an explosion. Yeah, I think there's only like 32 issues stuff. of that, the saga of Swamp Thing title before right. Moore took it over. Yeah, there was this, the, um, he ends up grabbing onto it and gives it the most defining 
you know, the most defining storylines, the most defining um, aspects of that character. Yeah, and we've spoke about about it off the air that like everything that Moore like wrote in Swamp Thing's lore, like we either see in the show or it's just continued out even to now into continuity. I also did not. It also uh, the irony just occurred to me right now that in the last week I've had to watch two shows based on Alan Moore properties with my with my arms crossed hoping that <laughs> they would be anywhere close to their source material. And both in Watchmen and in this show, they've managed to do so. Oh yeah. Only because they're trying to to have the same deft hand and the same care that Alan Moore had. You know, the same um level of dissection and the same level of attention to detail, I feel. Um and without that, this oversimplifying this, oversimplifying Watchmen, the television show, or the movie would have caused for disaster. Would have would have failed those. No, properties. especially that first episode. They gave us so much in that first Watchmen episode without it having to like need more. Yeah, they, they didn't feel tacked on. It didn't feel like if it was trying See, to. They don't need Alan Moore. No, no, <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> damn, don't even need more. But um. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to get all spoilery. You ready to get spoilery? Man, spoiler I am ready to get spoiler-filled. My fake swamp hand oh, is I guess, itching. I guess the last thing I would ask before we get into spoiler territory is, did you have a background with this character at all prior to um, watching this show? I read, because um, it was because of you, that I... Well, oh, Batman Damned. Yes. Swamp Thing shows up in Batman Damned. Yes. And Which, apparently him and Constantine are actually not friends, but like, like they have like this chemistry. Really, Constantine yeah. actually debuts in Swamp Thing comic. That is beautiful. In, in uh, Saga Swamp Thing. So, um, yeah, they are tight. So that was your background, huh? I, I knew very little about the character. Um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, just like Alan Moore's Killing Joke and Watchmen, had always been touted as something I should read. And um, when we brought Yogi into the fold, uh, you know, comic book clicker and major issues podcaster. Um, he was adamant that I read it, and I I got to a, through about half of it, and it is it is genius in the same way that Miracle Man was genius. Um, just like the level of detail that they that's go. Another, and the, that's another. That's one that we're gonna have to redo one day. Yeah, definitely. Because def- I f- I feel like that was a, a hugely missed opportunity. That was a long episode. Too. <laughs> it was a long. It was like almost three hours. That was a long episode too. Um, so I had some background on the character. Wasn't too sure what this was going to be. Um, kind of sad that it got canceled. But I was pleasantly surprised with the, with the series. And I also recommend it. So you got two. I knew that they were going to do this to me too. I, 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 was very, I was very reluctant to start the series like so quickly. I knew I had to start. But I was very like reluctant of starting it exactly like right now. Because I just had a feeling that they were going to give me the kind of ending that leads into a second season. And they're going, not going to be a second season. Yeah. I also felt like because this wasn't on television, it didn't have to have the filler that TV has. Yeah, it did. Um, in 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 creating the notes for this, the through lines are pretty clear. <laughs> they're they're pretty A B C, and that's not bad. You know, I'm watching The Flash now, and it's just like, what is going on? Get to the point. What? Is, tell me exactly what you're trying to, uh, you know. Focus more. Oh, yeah. There was no B. It's just oh, we're going A straight to Z. We're not stopping to see any of the letters and on the way. Here's an episode for this person. Here's an episode for this person. And here's they a joke all episode, intertwined episode. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's madness. Um, but yes, let's get into this show. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, and for those who have, come with us to Moray because we are going to dive deep into the swamp and talk all things swamp thing. Have some fun on the bayou. So the plot for this show is that Abby Arcane returns home to Moray, Louisiana. To investigate a deadly swamp-borne virus when she develops a bond with a disgraced scientist, Alec Holland. After Holland tragically dies, Abbott discovers the mysteries of the swamp and uh, that Holland may not be dead after all when a mysterious creature claims to be him. And I guess if we're talking about things um, up front, we got to talk about what brought um, what brought Abby into town. And so it's this idea that I think the majority of the show has this arc of the green versus the rot. These are two things that are fundamental in the Swamp Thing mythos. Um, they inhabit all parts of that character. And it was imperative that they explain them. Um, to, I don't think the movies are going to have him in there. <laughs> Something tells me the movies are not going to explain. I mean, maybe they did. If they can get James Wan and Michael Clear... To to produce, yeah, but those nineteen that nineteen eighty two movie, I don't think explains the rot and the green. I, I highly I, doubt. I those doubt very, it. Those very, uh, yeah. And for those who don't understand, um, the green is basically all living plant life on Earth, and um, Swamp Thing is able to to uh, he's connected to it the same way that the Speed Force is this weird extra dimensional energy that the Flash can tap into. The green is, um, you know, like like I said, all living uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, basically. And through the green, Swamp Thing can inhabit and control any aspect of plant life he is aware of, including forms of extraterrestrial plant life. Because one time he was able to talk to native, I mean moss, uh, only grown on Krypton that had arrived through on Earth through a meteor. So, uh, yeah, he he's that OP. Um, he can also manifest himself and grow through even the smallest, smallest amount of foliage, which makes him indestructible in many ways. Because yeah. if a blade of grass is around, he can just reconstitute his own body. can recreate his own body. And um, one time, he grew out of the tobacco within one of John Constantine's cigarettes. That's got to be the freaking craziest thing ever. You're just smoking a cigarette, and you just see a little swamp thing, like, brush out through the side of it. So, one of, you know how everyone, ha- like, you have Batman the Dark Knight. One of the things for Swamp Thing is he's called the Avatar of the Green. He is the living embodiment of the protector, the protector of all that plant life. The, um, once he taps into all of it, and we see this in the show, you know, when he touches the tree um, with the Phantom Stranger, um, how he's able to be c- connected to everything. He can hear through the grass. He can he can communicate with with um, trees and plants. He can create plant life that's not native to that area, like when he creates those chi- ch- Chinese lantern flowers or something yeah. like that, um, or pears. And peaches when he feeds them. Um, oh yeah, he when moves, he feeds uh, plums. Plums. Yeah, or he gets um. I think all of them like mangoes, pears, peaches, and she was like, she wants plums. I think one he, of them was like he he ended up growing like an antidote for that's her. What the yeah. Chinese lanterns they were called the Chinese lantern flower, the only um, native to China. That's ridiculous. That's overpowered. Yes, that's completely he's, overpowered. He's amazing. That character's one thing. And well, you, t- you you told me at the, off air that um, he is al- alive for as long as Earth's alive. Yes, not people life. Earth, the Earth. meteor, Earth, yes. the, our rock, yeah. Yep. So as long as the Earth is still there, that means in in a hundred billion years, he'll be the only person on, yeah, the world. Well, he's not a person, but we'll get there because that Definitely. shit just gets confusing. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so he he um represents the green, and the green is in direct opposition to the black or the rot. Um, it's called either way, but uh, the rot is a force which is strongly associated with death, the decay and rotting of living things, and when living things flourish, um, it works in opposition of the life forces of the green, and like other elemental forces of its kind, the rot is guarded by its own parliament. Um. It's the parliament of trees for the green. It's the parliament of decay for the rot. But what's interesting is each member of the parliament is a former avatar of death. And the black slash rot is pro, uh, prominently worked through human agents. But majority of those human agents are from the arcane family. That's crazy. Yes. That makes so much more sense now. Um, and so... <sighs> We'll talk off Her air. Her mother went crazy because <laughs> of the rot. Yeah, we'll talk off air, but there's there's definitely plans. Oh, maybe we'll, I'll spoil it here. But there's definitely, um, pl- there were plans to continue this story. The main villain of the Swamp, the Saga of the Swamp Thing show is um, Anton Arcane. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's Abby's yeah. father. Our uncle. No, I, I, yeah, it was either the uncle or the father. I think it's the uncle in the comic and the father in the show. Um, but Cause I know that girl Xanadu or whatever. She like um, she made not it wasn't her. Like she was in the car with Abby, and Abby made like this comment. You know, like I watched you feed my mother lies until it went her crazy until she went crazy or something like that. Like when you first see these two together. Yes, and also, do you remember? Um, there's a the episode in which everyone's like hallucinating or whatever or oh, something going something um, going on. I love that. She's episode. being dragged by some. Remember somebody? Oh no, when she gets the the rot. It was her uncle, because she's saying that she saw her uncle. In the show, she said she saw her uncle. I remember that. Um, I'm trying. And it was actually the swamp thing. Niece. Yep, uncle. Yep, yep, yep. So, Anton Arcane is a... For all the good that that swamp thing is, he is the exact opposite of that. He manifests himself like that Munson guy. How he was basically a man controlled by bugs. Yeah, like a living body controlled by that's arcane. All oh, that rot shit. stuff is arcane. All that disappearing bodies that disappearing where, like, they into just the saw all the bodies just appear out of nowhere. And the bodies also like disintegrating, giving into the rot. That black that force that's actively attacking Moray is our Anton Arcane. Um, and. Or it gives it, more it importance the, to Abby then. It was in the story, at least. Um, and so I think that they're pointing to that. Uh, yeah, it was just a, basically an Easter egg, I guess. Because he was like dragging her. He was like, you thought you was away from me. You thought your family was away, but it's not. Yada, yada, yada. And it's all this stuff. In the comic, and again, it's been a while. Um, to my knowledge, uh, she's dating a guy. Abby's dating a guy. Arcane is using the bugs to possess that guy. Her uncle. That's The guy she's dating. That's it's 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 a lot. <laughs> kind of sounds like uh, Abby and the Arcane family could be its own actual It'd be like the story. Family, like, like yeah, the Adam family. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to read that on its own. Like yes. push Swan thing to the side. I would actually read or watch a horror comic about the Arcane family and yeah. the whole rot in a town and shit. Yeah, a lot of this was done under the Vertigo imprint. Same thing with uh, Constantine and the Hellblazer comics. They were that's a different imprint. Uh, it was more. Otherworldly Sandman was written in the, under that imprint. A lot more we bigger really ideas. We were really going to get and... a Sandman show with Joseph Gordon-Levitt of all people. Crazy, right? I wasn't ready for that. But 
Um, yes. So let's talk about the stars of the show, Abby and Alec, and this whole thing about the green flu. The green flu. Um, Crystal Reed plays Abigail Abby Arcane, a CDC doctor investigating a horrific life-threatening epidemic in her hometown of Moray while facing her past again. Um, Abigail uh, doesn't have her all-white hair in this. Um, they do that a choice. lot. They do it a lot. Like stylistic a lot of characters choice, have like yeah. white hair that they just keep regular normal cover. I thought oh. it would it would have looked weird, but I always thought that it looked good in the comic because of the whole um, gothic <laughs> romance thing. But isn't that the thing though? Like usually, like a costume choice that we find amazing in a comic book, we kind of like think I don't think it would, would work. Yeah. Oh, thing. you don't at least expect them to do it. It's like you know, I can totally get if you don't want to have. All white hair with a black streak. Yeah, it's not that big of... I, I don't find those kinds of choices a big deal. Like, okay, so she had white hair in the comics. What do you how, What do you think of Crystal Reed as Abby Arcane? And how do you feel about the decision to anchor the show around her as opposed to really anchoring it around Alec? Well, knowing now with the whole Arcane family stuff, I think it's perfect. Yeah. I actually think it, it, it ebbs and flows together. Because yes. cause if they if they would have done this where it's not canceled and they could give us a season two, I could really see them going into Abby's backstory to try and get a handle on the rot. Yeah. Like, how else are you going to get a handle on something like that without a family that's been doing it for generations? Right. And then you have Swamp Thing as, like, this supporting character. Because basic, basically, Swamp Thing was a supporting character yeah. for having the title of the show. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't find that to be a big deal. In fact, every time that I didn't have Swamp Thing or Abby... I'm just like, can we just get the Swamp Thing and Abby? Like, it's also very. Uh, that's a, a horror element, right? Yeah, um, female protagonist, um, final girl or whatever they call yeah. it, like the, the final girl. You know, um, you got the, the the strong female protagonist. You have the uh, the monster uh, that you very rarely see and almost never get um, insight as to what they're what they're going through. I did like the episodes and the time that Swamp Thing had um, to express himself, but again, it was very much viewed through the eyes of Abby. Um, you have Andy Bean as Alec Holland, like you were talking about, a disgraced biologist working for Avery. Um, and he's murdered when he starts to uncover an illegal operation in the swamp, and his memories survive inside a swamp thing. Um, he's he's depicted as a disgraced scientist hired by Avery Sunderland for research. And you know what? It wasn't until after I gave it some thought that I realized he was hired by Sunderland to forge the numbers, yeah, because he had gotten in trouble for falsifying. Um, uh, what was going down in the or whatever. swamp or whatever, yeah. Yeah, for his own reasons, he had gotten... Remember, that he had gotten disgraced for, for falsifying evidence or falsifying results from an experiment. He, that was it, that was it. He was falsifying res- he was trying to get. He was trying to get the experiment greenlit, so he decides to money to right. greenlit the experiment. And then Sunderland, I guess, finds out and tries to, and, you know, um, altruistically... Presents him with an opportunity. Altruistic with to, the finger quotes. Yeah, he presents him with an opportunity to redeem himself, to become a high-paid man under the Sunderland, you know, uh, name over here, Moray, and um, yeah, redeem himself. But again, Avery want didn't want results. He wanted the results fudged. He wanted uh, to. He wanted a scientist to sign off that everything that was going on was fine. It was was just good, and because Alec refuses to, he kind of seals his own fate, right? Yeah. Um. But uh, it's crazy because he stumbles upon this mutagen accelerator, right? This this stuff that's in the water that you literally 
tap on a piece of plant and it just starts to grow crazy amounts. And we saw this thing. Um, we saw the accelerant attack or the, the swamp with the accelerant in it attack a boat full of people in that pilot. Literally gutted, yeah, gutted a man. Great. That was that was. A I think that was open. the Blue Ranger from from uh, the latest Power Rangers movie, um, and yeah, Branch goes right through that man, guts him. That was like in the first ten minutes of the of the show. Well, that was like, legit the opening of the show. Like these three guys are going game hunting after off season, and that's when I was like, yeah, I'm. If this is what this is gonna be, uh, awesome. But the the one of the men gets away. His name is Koyo, and they end up finding him in his bathroom. It looks like he's he was positioned, up. like throwing up, but he like threw up plants that just ended up attaching just itself anything. to the fixtures of the home. Yeah. He just looks like a, he looks like a weed. He looks like a vine that grew out of his sink. You know, um, what do you think about all that practical effects when it comes to like those oh, dummies and um, beautiful the plants? Uh, even like when we see his daughter Susie in the beginning, basically pass out. What a horrific, horrifying little moment of watching this little girl not be able to breathe and pass oh, yeah, out. In class, in class. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh shit! The fuck! Her lungs had like oh like plants. James Wan. I have to give him his credit where credit is deserved. Like his visual gore is yeah. impressive, especially like the practical effects. Like that guy turning into a plant while he's throwing up. Mm-hmm. It's it's great to me. And it's crazy that, like, how many people could really be, like... How many people in the woods died because of that swamp thing and then just turned into plants? Exactly. Um, Ellie Graham plays Susie Coyle. What do you think about the beginning of that whole green flu, Susie, as the... Uh, they were doing, like, that kind of, like... Um, I knew what they, were, what they were going with it. Like, that it was going to lead to, like, nothing. That they were just yeah. doing this to set us up for what was really going down in the swamp. It was just, like, another peg. So I enjoyed it. The child acting was great with this little girl. Yeah. Especially, there wasn't many children in this show, now that you not said a, it. I think she was... I think they were all, like, background like She might have been the people. only one. <laughs> like, to have an actual <laughs> now role? I think about it. No, yeah. yeah she had the I, only I, role. A speaking role at all. A speaking role. Only kid at all. I don't role, think yeah. she's... I think she's the only one. Wow. And she was killing it with too. Like yeah, since we're already in spoiler territory, right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, when she was being possessed by Maria, my, by Maria's daughter, yeah, she was doing great. Um, like many of the shows in which somebody has to be in a suit, the man in the suit and the regular man are not the same person. In the sense that Andy Bean plays Alec Holland, but Derek Mears plays Swamp Thing. Like the voice or the he's bo- the body the... man. Oh, so Alec Holland is still doing the voice. I, matter of fact, Derek Mears may be doing the voice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he was he was the one so doing who, the voice. But I wonder if he's also in the suit. Could be. Good question. If you guys know, let us know. Let us know, please. Please let us know. Um, but yeah, Alec is like, no, something's going on with this. Look at this. I, he actually finds proof. He's able to charm Abby. Did you find that uh, realistic? Yeah. Hey, he's he's not a bad looking guy. Yeah, he, it's so weird that how even Hollywood though even thinks... though and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, uh, Abby's one of the most gorgeous CDC workers I've ever seen. I don't think many CDC workers are walking around looking like Crystal Reed. So I'm just like, you know, you know when I can tell when 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 she's in the when when she's in the thing with Woodrow, I'm like Woodrow's the kind of person I expect in this in this lab. Yeah, you two 
seem like two completely different people. Oh, night and day, especially when they're like bouncing ideas off of each other. Yeah, it's I'm like, just like something's up here, and I don't mean to be. Is that shallow of me to say? Is that is that? I guess good-looking people got to start getting more jobs then. That, or just start, yeah, just start working more in uh, CDC, try, trying to find out what's going on with these diseases and stuff. Help us with this green flu. Um, but yes, he's able to kind of get on her good side. And even though she's she Google's him and finds out that he's a disgraced scientist, that was probably the most e- adorable thing I've ever saw in my life. Oh, the the, the fact results. that she go- the fact that she Googles him, but yeah. she tells him I Googled you. Yeah, that's that's basically you're basically implying that she has feelings for that I character. Had, I had enough interest for, for of you that I wanted to find out more. about So I you. literally put your name in Google to search you up. Like that was pretty adorable. Like, their love story is great in this show, man. It's They're, really later on she discovers um like. A video journal that he's done and he's like yeah i've been working with a lot of people here especially like this woman named abby arcane she's like very smart and capable she caught my interest and, and stuff she, like that yeah she, you know she kind of googled me like you can see that he he understood what that meant to and you know what's the sad part is that was right before he died yeah that was legit the last video like he took because he goes out onto the swamp and avery sutherland sends a, hit, a hitter out there a shooter out there um who blows up the boat shoots Shoots the boat, right? Yeah, he shoots a buckshot into that boat, yeah. Uh, and blows up the boat, and um, Alec Holland is seemingly killed, but we see his body being um, almost carefully placed in the swamp. Vines. Yeah, and, like the vines are like all around him. Very care, like almost um, poetically, like a martyr. Like it was a martyr of the swamp, and now he'll be the avatar of the swamp and the avatar of the green. Um, I have to say, I, I, I guess tone it makes it work that alex is a disgraced scientist here so like no one would believe anything that he would say even if he didn't end up dying in the first episode but i do like the alec holland in the comics a lot more it was one of those like he knew what he was what was what he was doing was a risk and he still did it anyways for the good of science yes both of them are doing that yeah and he didn't really have it he did it for the good of science and you can tell that because oh the good of just good of good because there was no cameras on him no one knew he was going to go do this no one knew he was going out of his way to figure out what was going on here so he was not going to get fame or anything else later on um uh crystal accuses oh crystal abigail accuses um jason woodrew of like oh yeah you just want your name on the article that says that this was discovered like you don't really care about what happens to people you just care about what fame and notoriety you're going to get for discovering this and i don't feel like alec is in that yeah he would want to redeem his name but more so than that he's just incredibly determined to just do things the right i don't way. think no one is kind of the right way and swamp like that the right way and the wrong way i guess of course doing things the wrong way to get the right results that's sometimes that's the whole thing about perspective it's like is it truly good or is it good with selfish intents and that's also the um I, I wouldn't call it a trope more so than just a recurring theme of the mad scientist, right? Where it's like, what? Oh, isn't it? What's your responsibility? A, trope be a recurring theme just with more like negative connotations. connotations to yeah, it? that's yeah. why I, I don't want to say that it has negative connotations more so than I want to. I, I just want to make a, a correlation between like him in this and like uh, Tony and um, Bruce in Age of Ultron. Yes. With this whole, like, we probably shouldn't do this, but if we do this and we do it right, we can save a bunch of people. That goes, it goes harboring back to fucking Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park that yes. said you guys spent so much time wondering if you could do something that you never stopped to ask yourself, should you do it? 
Yes. Like, that's that's perfect. Like, just because you have the power to cure Alzheimer's, does that mean that you should start testing on monkeys? That's how we get Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Exactly. Um, I... Did I cut a lot of this out of my notes? I don't. I'm. We're gonna give it five minutes to talk about if you would like to. Oh, yeah, Do you yeah. want to talk about the CDC at all, Harlan? Uh, like her partner? Not really. Like does that that doesn't go it's, anywhere, right? It's Aaron Yu from Nicanor's Infinite Playlist for my movie fans out there. Uh, the best friend from Disturbia. Great That's actor. It. He yeah. ends up getting sick and they cure him. And like an it. episode. It's about it. Um, he doesn't even have her back. No, he didn't even have her back. No, he, he and just then stood there like yep. she goes back to Atlanta for a little bit. And she and then, went. He went to Murray with her. Yeah, and, and he, he didn't have her back at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. So th- I guess that's all we'll say on on that. But yeah, because um that little girl Susie gets sick. Ab- Doctor Abby Arcane of the CDC, a former resident of the town, is sent to help treat the virus with her second in command Harlan. The police investigate Alex's death, but disregard Abby's claim regarding the swamp. The strange circumstances. Susie has a strange dream in which she sees Swamp Thing clawing at its body. How amazing was that? How amazing was it when Alec Holland, as Swamp Thing now, rises from the swamp and starts to claw at his own head. Starts to pull his head like cabbage. Oh, yeah, he was apart. pulling everything apart. And it, oh, you see as the brain regrow itself, the skin regrows. Like, he legit has a whole He looked like he was pulling piece. apart lettuce. Yeah. Like he was, like he was there a, was a whole like dent in like the side of his head where like green should be. Yeah. Crazy. Really, really good. A practical effects there. Um I think the whole like getting in when it comes down to Swamp Thing in this show, him going face to face with the realization that I'm dead, like I'm never coming back or I'm yeah. stuck as this thing was beautiful. And there's almost a there's almost a, a futility in that character that isn't in other characters. Because Spider Man gets bit, you know, um Batman's parents get killed. But although as as poetic as we'd like to be, those aren't that isn't the day Peter Parker dies, and that isn't the day Bruce Wayne dies. Oh, this most is say that's, yeah. This is literally in all cases the day that Alec Holland as a person dies. That is gone. Because spoiler and for now, the comics and the show, it's literally plants thinking it's a human. Yes. Yes. It's not Alec Holland um resurrected more so than it is um the consciousness of Alec Holland being absorbed by... And that was a beautiful scene between um, them two. Like, seeing Alex Holland and um, the Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing talk to each other. Yeah. Where he's like, listen, just because you're dead doesn't mean my consciousness ain't up there feeling everything. Because yeah. he even says it to Woodrow on the autopsy table. He's like, I feel everything. He's like, I don't know how. You have no pain receptors. There's a lot of moments of um, Mopey Swamp Thing where he's just like... This sucks. Yo, yo, <laughs> I don't want. When do you meet this. the perfect stranger, well, not the perfect, oh, the, the stranger. Phantom when you phantom stranger. the phantom stranger. When you meet yeah. the phantom stranger, he's just legit sitting by the water, like, uh, I'm yeah. gonna be uh, brooding for a second. I don't want to do any of this. So he he legit looks like he's about to say, I don't want to do any of this. Can I just like go to sleep for ten thousand years? Which I'm pretty sure Swamp Thing could with all of his damn powers. I'm pretty sure he could just put himself into some like self-induced hibernation for like. To like all human life is done and just have like the green take care of everything. Like, wake me up when the last human dies. <laughs> I would do that. Forget it. Wake me up when the last human dies. I can't do this no more. Uh, that, listen. It, and again, um, while most of these other heroes that we see live kind of heroic and um, uh, glamorous, you know, famous lifestyles uh, when they put on the mask, there is no distinction. This is the only form that Swamp Thing can take. I feel like when it comes down to DC, that they're like the home of reluctant heroes. There's definitely reluctant. Okay, so 
you have like the seven, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> you have the Justice League and, and a, a, a slew of other characters. But I agree with you. Majority of the other people, majority of the side characters, especially when the the property um, people even fall, Blue Devil in this show, a reluctant hero. But it, um, a lot of that stuff is also um, supernatural stuff, and supernatural stuff deals with fate and predetermined um, destinies, and so. Falling into it is it falls into all that as well. Yeah, that's that's a can of worms right there. Exactly. Um, I like when we find out that the sickness itself is basically the swamp fighting back, and so if you just because they kept putting antibiotics, antibiotics, antibiotics into people, and um, it was just making it worse. They were like dying. Harlan's about to die. Before Swamp Thing's like, oh no, the Swamp is just fighting back. Just uh, ease off of the antibiotics, right? And then she kind of does. And uh, it's the first steps to recovery for all those people. Yeah, she there. almost gets arrested. Yes. She legit almost gets arrested. Yep. Because, I mean, she did go in there and basically say, stop giving him the medicine that we're supposed to And she to had her him. own, like, weird concoct medicines. Like, just how am I supposed this, to trust just you? Just shove this in the IV. Trust me. Why? Um, yeah, so... She's able to actually temporarily save those infected. And then um, we get a really, really cool episode with Abby and Alec going to the, to the rot, going to the black, um, where she collects a sample uh, from the dead wood and then the darkness actually attacks her. <laughs> dead wood show. Uh, it attacks her and infects her. What do you think about that whole introduction of the green and the rot where um, Alec is able to use a... Um, uh, a spores from a plant <laughs> to basically as a psychedelic to create a, a image in her mind of him being actual Alec. It's the most. That's what sold me it's on the most, it's the, the character. Cre- it's both the creepiest and romantic, most romantic thing I think I've ever seen, um, because we're we're led to believe uh, through the body language and everything else like that that th- this was while it was subconscious, it was also involuntary. You understand what I mean? No, no, because like he, he sprouts a it. plant on his arm and they even both wonder what it was. Yeah. And weirdly enough, because he's so mopey, when that character does smile or even show some semblance of being happy, there's something a little sweet about it. About uh, seeing old Swamp Thing have a smile on his face. Especially when you think that he's not actually smiling. He's just thinking, I smile now. Yeah. It's, his conscience is telling him, this is a moment where you smile and he smiles. It's not... Because there is no brain function in there there is no like human condition for him because he's not human oh my god this story is save swamp thing man hashtag save swamp thing there is so many ways that they could have gone with this season too that just hurts <laughs> but i do love the introduction of the rot i love the green i love how it's basically like life and death is what fights itself and humans just get in the way of that pissing content and he doesn't always talk about eradicating the rot throughout he talks about the balance like every other no of Star course Wars yeah or whatever he there's, a, there's supposed to be a balance, but for some reason, especially in Marais, uh, things are not balanced. There's a dark, We keep hearing, right, that there's a darkness coming. There's a darkness uh, glooming over Marais and that um, Swamp Thing is the only one that seems to be able to feel it. Even though so Madame like, Madam Xanadu, which we'll talk about in the, later. so many themes to do about it, too. Like You could think that the, the dark force that's in Marais is either the rot that's killing everything and everybody or predetermined destiny and... Dr. Woodrow in Murray is yeah, what all that or, or is the rot that's what, coming. What is what becomes of the Sunderlands separately 
um, all that stuff. It, it, it breaks down to so many different Or the levels. Blue Devil being in. Mer- There's so yeah. many ways. That's why. Oh, it's just it hurts talking about this <laughs> podcast today, Georgia. This this one actually hurts me the most. Um, she they, uh, Alec is able to take Abby back to the lab and save him with the green and de- defeat the rot inside of her. Um, and then he Alec just to, I I got a very Shakespearean vibe of whenever he was in Swamp Thing form. And he yeah. would just speak about the things that are to come and the things that I must do. And uh, there's more greater power at stake. Like, there was always such a bigger... It felt like a play. It felt like this big, tragic, Greek tragedy. Uh, no uh, no offense. <laughs> We're a tragic people. <laughs> Greek tragedy. Um, and it it just worked so well. Because uh, I was... This, this series in book form lives and dies on the romance between Abby and Alec. And so the show kind of has to get there or else it won't work. And I think it nails it. I think it really gets you to fall for this Beauty and the Beast kind of romance. Anybody that has the DC streaming service is actually a fan of not only DC like as a movie production studio, but the comics that come with it. So I feel like anybody that's jumping into Swamp Thing, watching it, they already have that prior knowledge of the Swamp Thing show. So maybe... DC was thinking, okay, the fans are going to know what this is, so let's just try and like do it as realistic as possible but without being too fillery. But that that's such a that's such a a fine line, right? Where you put that line of, well, we have to explain this and then well, no one will understand it, right? Some people go, no one will ever understand it, so let's never try to explain it. As a matter of fact, let's not even let's not even integrate it. Yeah. It's too much. To me, with that what one of those example of that, Robin Robin's just too much of a weird idea, so we're never going to do it again because we can't. We don't have the time to sit here and explain to you why it's perfectly fine for a man to have a small child that he adopts. The day he sees his parents die, he's just like, I'm just going to take him home. He'll, he'll be fine with me. And there uh, is, But there is a way. Just give us, an, give us an, a, a conversation between Alfred and Bruce of Master Wayne. Why are you doing this? It's simple. Lost the dick. It's simple, Alfred. I was a little boy that saw my parents die, and it, sometimes and no all you gotta do is put a coat on another kid, and basic, then you know. No, that, but that's basically what you gotta do. He stopped Robin from becoming a bad guy. Yes, he and helped just because you're a bad guy. Doesn't mean you have bad to be a bad guy. guy. <laughs> I love Wreck It Ralph. So much pleasure. But uh, this this doesn't give me pleasure. The reason why this doesn't give me pleasure, George, is because I feel that this is one of the comic book characters that, that they got right. Yes. From from the character to the lore around it, they got it so perfect to be canceled so prematurely. <laughs> How do you get something so good, but we still have Suicide Squad 2 out there? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I heard it's going to be a comedy too, by the way. We'll oh, probably here talk we about go. that. Next. We'll probably talk about here that we next, go. next week. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. I think the most impressive thing about Swamp Thing is his lore, and they were able to uh, tackle some very, very big things here. Um, they gave you Woodrow, the Sunderlands, an, Arca- an Arcane. They gave you the Rot, the Green, the, perf- the, the Phantom Stranger, and the Blue Devil all in one show. That's amazing to me. It how, really is. How do you feel about Alec telling Abby to move on with her life and not to come back? Was that one of those, it, get, get boy, leave. It, get out of here. Oh, the, Enc- the Encino Man. Yeah. That he, she, get he out tried, of here, boy. He tried Encino Manning her. I think it's um once... Well, it was right after he found out that he was basically... Not yeah. a person anymore. Yeah. So it's like you're you're really going after a fool's errand here. I need you to just like. I guess we should talk about that too. How do you feel about a- Abby's guilt? Is it Abby's guilt or is it just Abby's determination at this point? 
she is incredibly determined to save Alec Holland. At many points, in many cases, somebody close to her is telling her, you should just go. You should just go home. And she's like, I can't. I can't. Now we also it could un- be guilt, and it could it could be both. We and we also understand that because of her feeling like she was the reason why her friend Shauna passed away, that she has that guilt of losing somebody else. See, when we finally got that backstory, I did not I did not buy her um guilt. I don't know. I not not the actress or the directing. I just felt like the the way the context was displayed to me. I can't feel. Why she would feel guilt. Okay. I think I got to explain that because I feel the what, what I got from it is not necessarily guilt in the sense that she knows that she caused it, but guilt in the sense that she was the only one there and doesn't know what caused it. Does that make sense? And that's why she was so determined to save Alex. And find Alex. out what's going on. Because Shauna died. You were the last one with her. What happened? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? She's gone and dead. It's, what happened? I don't know. Man, you just what do you she mean drowned. you don't she know? Just, uh, she drowned. She dr- so- but, but then this is what happens. She drowned. How did you guys get in the water? I pushed her. So you killed her. Well, no, I don't know. No, that, that, you keep you, that part out. You keep that part saying. out. But that's what I'm saying. You, you go, you don't know. And then you go, well, then if you don't know, then that's the answer. You killed her. If she drowned because she was in the water, you pushed her into the water. Yeah, but she was fine when she got up. Then how'd she die? I don't know. She was pulled under or something. By yeah, what? You understand? And then it, it comes back around. So because she doesn't know what it was, that's the guilt. Like, not, I can't say it wasn't me because I can't say what it and was. she still doesn't even know who truly killed Alec. No. She just knows it was... Oh, my gosh, she reason. doesn't know, right? She doesn't know who so truly you know, at killed... At the end of the, yeah. end of the show? It ended the show without her so, ever knowing And who, she'll never know. Now. Alec doesn't even know because he never Alec saw... Alec doesn't know. The no, reason why know. Alec wouldn't know, his consciousness wouldn't know because he never saw the person behind the mat. Which kind of strikes me weird. Wouldn't shouldn't if he's watching memories through trees, shouldn't he be able to channel tap into one of those trees to see some to see uh, somebody? But I think he does. I think that's when he's like, I saw a figure, and he was standing there, and something. something. He was he was masked uh, from yeah. He he did have a mask on. So yeah, both of them don't even know who killed them. No. Which all right. I, I guess one of my my uh, not so main, but I guess a, a flaw that I find to this show. Until I finish reading the Swamp Thing series, if I ever do get a chance to finish it, Matt Cable to me was introduced as a good guy. He was introduced as like the bodyguard of Alec and Linda Holland while they worked on their chemical experiments in the bayou. Yeah, he was because th- it was the end up being the concave people from this that end up going and trying to kill Alec for all that stuff. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, he died the same way. But when yeah, when I was introduced to when I saw Cable on the show, I saw his badge name. That was it. I didn't know who this guy was. I just heard the name Matt, 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 and then I finally saw his uh, name tag say Cable, and I put it together. I'm like, oh, shit, you're Matt Cable. You're the protector of Alec Holland in the comic book. Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. Why are you a bad guy now? Yeah. I, I heard in the movie, it's Alice Cable, not Abigail Arcane, that they chose to be the love interest. That's the, another weird, weird ama- amalgamation of Matt Cable well, if they, and Abby. If they and, did that in the 82 show, in the 82 movie, then you definitely know they, they ain't bringing the rod the in the green. green. Yeah, Hell about, no. None of that. Let's talk about uh, Maria Sutherland's deal with death. Oh, my God. Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen, Virginia man. Madsen, man. Um, when we first meet Maria uh, as Maria, I mean, Virginia Madsen as Maria Sun- Sunderland, um, she confronts Abby at Leroy's, blaming her for Shauna's death and threat and threatens her to leave Marae. She like dresses her down. No, she saw and her this, and she's like, "I'm coming to you and telling you to get out of here." Not only that, that's what, 
that was actually one of the best acted scenes in the show because you could tell that Abby in that moment you could tell that Abby may not have a hundred percent believed that she killed Shauna. But because again, like I said, she doesn't have a reason, she has to take this. That was a scene in which that actress was portraying, I'm just gonna eat all this shit. And she did because, yeah. because I I kind of knew this was going to happen. I'm back in town, you know? I haven't seen these people since probably all this happened. And what, what was she gone? Like, I think they said, like, uh, anywhere from, like, 7 to 15 years or something it, it like that? It was a while, yeah. And I, she, they, that's her adopted family. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's her adopted family, of all yeah. things, so. Which is also a departure from the comics. But Avery and Maria are basically her adopted parents, and then um, because of all the shadiness of the Arcane family, which I guess they were keeping on the wraps until next season. Um, but, yeah. You got uh, Maria, who's completely stressed about this, about her daughter dying, and you know, as she should be, right? Like, yeah, um, it gets it got worse when uh, when Abby and Abby came back. Well, it gets worse when she goes to Madame Xanadu, right? And it's like, I need like something's going on. I need to use your powers to try to contact my daughter or something else like that, and almost unlocks something because something, some spirit knocks her over like they're having like a little sit down meeting or whatever tarot cards and stuff and madame xanadu kind of like does that weird white eyes thing where she's where she's like telling the future or seeing the past why or are all bl- why are all fortune tellers either a black with an accent or b black with an accent and blind i think they- it has i think it has to do with people's idea uh, or um view of voodoo i i, I guess I, I just I, it to me it's like it it strikes me as I don't want to say racist but I want to throw the word stereotype. So out Madame there. Xanadu, to my knowledge, is not African American. I'm gonna double check, even though to some people like, of course, you should know this uh, by now. But I'm almost 100 percent sure that she isn't. That was more of a uh, a choice on the show, which actually works a bit because they're in Louisiana, you know. In the bayou, yo, Madam um, Zandu is a white character. <laughs> yeah, but she is blind in the comics, and she has like a a thing over her eyes. And that 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 whole thing about being blind is because they can they can see what's important. Damn, she's been around since seventy eight. A lot of these mystical characters have, um, but yeah, uh, that's the whole that's the whole trope on that, right? They're blind because they can see. You Past. can see what you you can see. What they can't, and vice versa. Yeah, like your eyes only allow you to see this. My blind eyes, I can tap into the cognitive powers of yada yada yada. Yes. So Maria's like, I need, I totally need to see my my daughter, and she's like, don't. And then um, she like begs her to put this whole thing to rest. But they do like a weird like seance thing, and seemingly free the spirit, the tortured spirit of Shauna, or maybe this is arcane. Uh, twisting, perverting. Um, 100%. I'd, I'm going to go with the latter. Twisting and perverting this character that's close to Abby, that's close to Maria and Avery Sunderland, maybe. Um, well, we can literally speculate anything now, right? Cause <laughs> we ain't going to know. We ain't going to get no answers. Know. So let's just uh, write our own season two. Yeah, that's it. It ain't going to happen. Um, and then later on, we see Maria is shown to be resting on Shauna's bed with her daughter's ghost laying beside her. How do you feel about all that stuff? The daughter in the tub, the daughter on the bed. Very James Wanney. Yeah. That's when I figured out. That's not figured out. That's when I uh, watched the entrance and I saw executive producer James Wan, and I'm like, "Oh, 
That makes more sense now. It started to really make sense, huh? No, but he has a way of throwing us in this gothic horror environment with no seatbelt, and I'm for it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't even care if the story is bad. I'm just here to to watch the movie with on mute. Why not? Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into all that. <laughs> um, throughout the series, Shauna's ghost seems to be, like, antagonizing Maria. Yeah, I'm kind of mad it never went anywhere. Like, but it, it does at the end, right? I don't remember going anywhere. Xanadu, like, Xanadu puts her to rest by giving her her insanity or something like that. Xanadu basically allows her to live in a world where she can be with her daughter, but now she can't be with anyone else. She can't be with insane. the rest of the world. Because yeah, she's, she's insane. insane. She made her insane. That's right. She made her insane. Yeah. Um, so That's poetic. Um, Avery and Maria decide to take care of Susie, little Susie Coyle. Avery basically buys her outright, right? Um, so, and it's very transparent. It's extremely transparent what he's doing, um, that he's, he's using Susie to sweeten the pot with, uh, Maria. Um, another interesting thing that we found out is that Maria is the bankroller of the family. It's Maria's family that, that is why the Sunderlands are, I've seen a lot of shows like that lately are, um, wealthy. Is that something that's been going on lately? Yeah. Like, uh, like with Mad Men, like, um, there's this character in Mad Men who, like, he is he's introduced to us early on as this uh, wealthy businessman, like, you know, socialite yippie. Come to find out, it's not his father who's rich. It's his mother that's rich. Like, she has the, the famous name. I've been seeing that a lot where it's like the, the mother, like the grandmother or the mother is the one with the actual wealth. And the man is just, hey, honey, Sonny, can you uh, sign these checks real quick? Exactly. And... He is so much more the public face. I'm down for it, too. I like He's it. He's so much more. Like, when they're doing the town hall stuff, it goes right to him. Like, everyone's like, you're the one. Avery, you better fix this or whatever like that. He's like, nah, nah. I may be a southern evil man. I may just be. I may not be a, a fancy city lawyer. But I'll tell you. I, I'm telling you, man, Will Patton. We'll get to him. Matter of fact, let's. let's, let's yeah, let's just let dive into up, Will Patton. Let me finish up Maria real quick. So the, I think the most interesting part is when um, they bring Susie home and Shauna outright possesses Susie um, and lures Maria into the swamp on some, you can be with me forever. You just got to drown yourself. You just got to drown yourself. And I feel like I've, that's been somewhere before. That's, that's a, something that's happened before, right? All the time. That's a, that's a, that is a horror movie. That's like, a horror come, movie trope. Yeah. Come with me to the dead world. Yeah, there's uh, always the mother or the parent loses the child and then the possessed demon tries to kill the parent. Which is fine. You know, this is honestly when you talk, when you think about it, this is several. This is ten different horror movies put together. Oh, I can find so many elements of different horror movies in here. Yeah, ten episodes, ten different horror movies put together. Um, but Abby follows Maria into the swamp and goes into the water to try to save her, and then Maria just turns around and tries to drown Abby outright. Um, but she gets away, and then Shauna's ghost tries to drown Maria, but Swamp Thing appears and saves her, and you get the first hero shot of the show of Swamp Thing walking out of the swamp. With uh, Maria, and um, with Swamp Thing's help, Abby discovers that Shauna had been killed by an evil force that pulled her underwater, which I guess confirms the arcane tie, uh, which would have been really interesting and exciting. Well, it's <laughs> but, good that one chapter of her life gets closed. Yes. Yo, this girl cries a lot. Uh, yes, I love does. it. I mean, well, people might misinterpret that line. One of, my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite Abby Arcane Crystal Reed moments of the entire series, wow, we can't even say season, of the entire series. Yeah. Is when Shauna 
was p- possessed that little girl, and she was trying to she was trying to suss that, out suss out that it wasn't her. And she's just like, Shauna died. I know, like Shauna would never say that and stuff like that. It's like, oh, Abby, YB. oh, YB, and all that. YB, How yeah. do you know that name? Like, she was not believing her, but you could see in her eyes that she was kind of believing her. My favorite was when she um got in Avery's face at the hospital. Oh, and she was still and crying. She was like, you better not. Like, you better. And that's her father. Basically, yeah. She's 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 coming up and finding out very horrific things about the family that raised her. She already feels the guilt and rejection from them and how they feel about the Shauna death. But now even this, now they're doing horrible things. Um, um uh and yeah, let's talk about what I like to call the rise and fall of Avery Sun- Sunderland. Uh with Will Patton playing Avery get, Sunderland. Oh my god, his last scene. Oh my god. <laughs> so a prominent businessman in Murray who, while publicly giving back to the community, is determined to harness the power of the swamp for profits because, uh, kind of because, uh, his papa died in the swamp. The swamp took my daddy. So now I'm that was his motivation swamp. for the hatred of the swamp. Yeah. Yep, well, I mean, your, your father was, was, you guys were game hunting off season one. Yes. That's illegal. Yes. Two, you were, his, his, the dad was like, Hitting the tree over and over and over, and you see the black sludge coming out of the tree. There's obvious, and he obviously has some like deep daddy issues. Like the parts that you saw of, of the hunting, there, you know, his dad was kind of verbally abusive and kind of uh, forceful with the killings. And yeah, all that and he even, I think he said his father's like uh, one of his father's like quotes. One, he was like killing somebody or something like yeah. that. I was like, my daddy always used to say, "A man gets what he wants, and that what he wants, he takes," and stuff like that. I, I also like that there was this like weird tropey thing. Of um, like every time somebody got in his way, he you it would just cut and he'd be burying them with a cigar. He'd be smoking a cigar. Yo, that first <laughs> shot when he was burying that guy with the cigar was great. But nothing beats him watching the fucking cop car get go, go down, down into the water, into the water. and there's red all around. Now, I know my colors. Yeah. They you they chose that red color from the car lights from that from the tail lights. Yeah, for a fuck for a bad guy. That was a straight bad guy look. My man was smoking his cigar. I totally get that. Um, so, um, when the green flu hits Murray, fingers point at Avery and whatever business he has at, at the swamp, he promises, as Murray's most wealthy citizen, to find the cure. And Anoku, uh, um, that's when we get introduced to Maria Stein as uh, Liz Tremaine. She's a local newspaper reporter and bartender who is a close friend of Abby Arcane's. Yeah, she, like, she bombards like uh, his lawyer for clues and stuff. Like, I know you're uh, smuggling, mo- or no? Is that, I know you're like uh, signing like off balance checks for uh, Avery Sunderland or something like that. Like, he was like the accountant or the lawyer. Now I think about it, True Bud also had like a sassy black bartender character <laughs> that was befriended of the white romantic lead. <laughs> um, but I like Liz. Um, I like that. Oh, Liz I love Liz. Yeah, I like that she wouldn't want to take no crap, and she is all about. Um, finding out what's going on with Avery because we find out that Avery is actually rich because of his wife and her family's fortune. And when Liz confronts the loan officer, Gordon, about the secret payments that he has been supposedly making to Avery, Gordon refuses to talk and then later demands of Avery that he return all the secret payments or else Gordon will talk, uh, revealing that Avery's actually in debt. And I think that one of the funniest moments is when Avery tries to get more money from Maria. Like he's like trying to sugar her up or whatever. Oh yeah, but you're like they're laying in bed like, hey, listen, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna need another like, <laughs> check for like ten thousand dollars because there's some you shit. You know that's I going- love you, and you know I love this town. You know I love I love uh, the swamp. Um, I'm just doing it to find out Shauna's death. Don't worry, it's nothing. Shady. But yeah, she refuses him because Shauna's 
tells him about the cheating. Swan's all like, you letting him cheat? Shit. Like you like the, you let pops like that's so crazy because it's 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 not even Sean at this point to me it's just the rot. Well, again, you can say like it's uh, let's say it's Anton Arcane. It's him twisting the, the hometown of Abby's to to torture her almost in a way. Um, but yeah, you have that moment where we see the sheriff or what is Luc- Lucilia Cable's title? She's the sheriff. She is the sheriff, yeah. Okay, Sheriff Cable uh, interviewing Avery about Alex's death because that was all shady as hell, right? And it reveals that they're in a relationship. They got into a relationship where Maria was suffering from her daughter's death. That's so fucked up, too. And you hear that all the time, right? Like somebody's uh, uh, wife like loses her legs in an accident. That's a then... that's a terrible man trope. Yeah. Men are always written to leave a woman monsters, at the height. Damn, Yo, we, are, we are written to leave women when the... As soon when... as things get a little rough. Like Jesus, but to counter that, you ever seen the movie Fifty Fifty? That's the cancer movie, right? Yeah, with, with Joseph, uh, Jason, Gordon, Joseph Gordon. I keep calling him Jason Gordon Levitt. I don't know why. Is there a Jason Gordon something? I don't know. I Joseph. have no idea, but jo- I know Joseph Gordon Levitt gets cheated on while he has cancer. That is not cool. So, bam. There you I go. Need, I a, need. I don't care about the spoiler. Around. I needed to make sure that we're not the only monsters in this. As world. long as it's equal, equal opportunity, right? <laughs> um, Liz's girlfriend. Who we never see again after that nope. one. <laughs> the parts um discovers a part of Alex's boat with bullet holes and gives it up to Liz as part of proof that something shady went down. Alex was definitely murdered. Which I'm sorry, Avery didn't have no kind of cleanup crew, no Mister Wolf, no Mister Ermintrout. That's what I think. That's one of the most interesting parts of that character's portrayal in this show is that he's not kingpin. He's not um you know uh. Even strategically gang uh, gangster, like he's not like that kind of. He like, doesn't have he he portrays as if he has his hands in in all, in all the pots, but he doesn't. He gets his balls cut off by Maria. He gets his balls cut off by Lucilia. He gets his balls cut off by um. Woodrow does what he wants to, regardless oh, of the, him being the there. The CDC Emery, guy even Emery, cuts his yeah, balls Emery, off. Yeah, um, Emery from Concave shows up and is like, "Get your house in order, bro!" Like. It's like, I came to your house to talk to you about this experiment, and you weren't even here. You were being killed by your mistress. Bro, I don't want nothing to do with you right now. That's why I say rise and fall, because you start to see the facade of this. The first episode, that was you, beautiful, yeah. you start to think like, oh, he wanted Alec Holland dead. He killed Alec Holland. Done and done. Wipe your hands. But literally, from that moment on, everything unravels. Because proof comes out about who might have killed Alec Holland. And then somebody starts to talk about confessing who might have killed Alec Holland and then that person has to get killed and then that somebody else has to get killed when he starts talking about the money with Avery when and he, he even tries Gordon. to be like one of those even though he, he like uh what's what's his face um Liz's father where he tried being like all that was the most I was that that got me mad yeah that really upset me in he a thought way he was like big and I bad was. like that toy do you know what it was on this toy do soup toy do why don't you have a bite? Just have a bite. Why he's don't you like, eat it first? Have a bite. He's like ripping turtle intestines out in front of him. If that's how you make turtle soup, I don't want turtle soup. I don't want turtle soup even if I he know how to make it. He literally just cracked it open. He cracked the turtle from the chest plate and was just scooping up guts. And no offense to it our Cajun v- listeners, you know, but I'm just not a fan of no turtle soup. Now that you say that, this um, this definitely could have used um, that weird groundskeeper guy from The Water Boy in it. Um, the, um, Sean's dad from Boy Meets World. I love it. Uh, he was he was great in the Waterboy. Oh, why are you Maggot? The, the Bayou. Mr. D. No, Mr. Uh, Joe Dirt. Uh, so, 
Yeah, so he's he's definitely unraveling because um, when Gordon refused to cooperate with Avery and threatens to expose him to the conclave, Avery kills him. Kills him with a damn uh, golf, right? Uh, Hit him with a golf club, yeah. Golf club. And then he like put keeps him in the bathroom. And, and he, he didn't want him. to. He was just like, he just like, now why would you have to go and say that or something like that, right? Or if you're going to say something like that, you better back it up, back it up or something. Um, and so we see that he's not afraid to get his hands dirty because he kills the man. And then, like we were talking about before, he threatens Liz because of her investigation into Alex's death. And she tells yeah, Avery she's yo, not scared Yeah, even Liz is like, listen, that bullshit may work with other people. That's what I'm but I- saying. Everybody cuts this man's balls up. Everybody's like, bro, we get it. We get who you think you are. But, but we we've know all you all just <laughs> agreed to pump up your ego. <laughs> we all just agreed. Honestly. like We, we had a town just- hall meeting. You weren't invited. Honestly, we all just agreed to pump up your ego because you weren't doing anything harmful. But guess what? We figured out you're doing something harmful. So now, you know, and there's a very poignant moment when he's at the bar and he's like, oh, all these people know that I care about this town and I know that they all got my back just like I've had their back all this time. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Whatever you say, It's guy. like Dennis at a high school reunion. You know, <laughs> Dennis Reynolds, uh, Ronald McDonald. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> This is what we were talking about. You remember you were talking about uh, having a wolf? This yes. is this is the example. Uh, this is the uh, not the example, but this is what I would say to that to show that he is not that man. He is not thing. He sends a couple of goons to go attack Liz. He didn't even have nobody to say. I woke up and I found they, her. That's all I know. And instead of just attacking her or giving her some like thinly veiled threat, they uh, they like Avery Sunderland sent us. <laughs> remember <laughs> she's like oh because she was with daniel cassidy yeah. outside like the bar they were going yes. back to his place yes and he gets cracked over the head and they just show up and she's like i, th- I think she knows the guy she's like i know i know who you guys are <laughs> like you guys work for avery like what do you think oh yeah i think they knew it before even a- they even announced that their cells was from avery it's like oh let me see two big guys coming to me at my car at night you guys are definitely from avery yeah you tell that son of a bitch do it himself yep um so that shows you how little grasp he has on the town uh, where he can't. It's just the fact that he's the he not even to. rich. It's that his wife is rich. Just shows he has no grasp on anything. The delusions of grandeur. Perfect definition. And you know what's funny? Now that I think about it, incredibly meta. Um, for a show that got canceled, and one of the rumors that I found out it's not true is about the whole tax tax uh, rebate thing from uh, the state that they were shooting in. Um, for a show that oh that wasn't true. No, it wasn't true. I was reading that on YouTube comments. Yeah, the story. Um, from a show that supposedly had money issues, a lot of the shows about people trying to get money, like people trying to get grants or people trying to get uh, funding for research or people trying to get like, I just need the money. We just need to get the money. Uh, it's the green, baby. Yeah, that's, the that's, green. The yeah, green. Yeah. that's the real green. Yeah, right that's the real green. And that Maria is the real avatar of the green. She really got that. <laughs> she really got that, Brad. Um, so... Where was I at? Oh, yeah. So, Abby uh, confronts Avery over Liz's allegations like we were talking about. And he tries to get all tough on her. Yo, he, he says, I'll yeah. forgive you this time. But next time, I don't think I'll be so forgiven. Yo, yeah. He's like, just like what? straight up like, yo, you can't come in here and, and spit these kinds of accusations at me like this. Like, yo, she said it was you that... <laughs> like, how do you have guys say, Avery sent us, but expect me not to accuse but you? But not only that, he went to the thing the next day. The next day he, is when he does the turtle soup thing. And yeah. that's when Liz tells her. So it's not it's not he say she say anymore. You came to the remember that whole turtle thing you did? You came to the to the store. And um that scene and the other scene that I was talking about in the bar, in both those scenes, he tells Leroy, 
I own this place. And don't forget, I own this this bar slash restaurant. Like I get I get that you're in charge of it, but I own it. So I can come in and make turtle soup at 8 o'clock in the morning if that's what the hell I want to do. And if I want to get an extra shot poured, you're going to pour that shot because I own this. And it's 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 the kind of power grasp that somebody with no power does. Oh, 100%. Where it's like, I know I have no power, but let me just like r- scare these people into thinking I have power. It's That's my dad's shield. Uh, you know what you should put down. Oh, that's my wow, dad. That's the only thing I can yeah. do right now in this moment is to tell you that you don't deserve that. And it's my dad's shield. My father shield. made that shield. Yeah. Um, Lucilia tells Avery that Alec is still alive and asks him to come with her to take down Alec before um, before he comes for them. I did like that. Uh, Avery, remember Avery's like supposed to be going to a meeting and she's like, this ain't a fucking discussion. We're going to go handle this and we're going to go handle it my way. I'm not letting you do a whole nother mess of crap and a whole nother mess of bullshit. I know you got a meeting, but you're coming with me to the swamp. That's where we're going right now. We're going to go handle Alex Holland. Um, and he, he goes like, son of a bitch and takes a shot of whiskey and then goes on with it um but we find out that while searching for alec in the swamp av betrays lucilia and steals her shotgun um and he's like he's like i'm stealing this because you think i'm stupid don't you you got a partner in the in the in the woods and then (laughs) matt comes out with his own shotgun like yo he's like you got a partner in the woods that's gonna come and jump me and y'all probably both gonna try to jump me and she's like what are you talking about? You're crazy. And then Matt shows up and does perfect exact, timing. Does exactly that. He surprises uh, Matt. Matt Cable, um, Lucilia's daughter. And we'll talk about the cables in a second. Um, surprises him and knocks him out. When Avery wakes up, he tells Matt that he's his father, um, which Matt has literally the best tan in Murray. Um because if Lucilia and Will Patton are this man's biological parents. I do not know where that man got his complexion from. How? How? Uh, Explain Matt Cable uh, to me because I don't understand that. Uh, Is it Lucilia the black? Has... <laughs> the, the rot? I, you know what? I was going to say it's the rot, but then we might get pegged just... as racist. Oh, so... you're, yeah, you're not lying. Oh, what? Dark-skinned people got to be rot? No, guys. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying how do two white people that's have... That's not what I'm saying, at least. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um... <laughs> Uh, what do you think about the whole Matt, I am your father thing? It was, I guess the acting behind Matt Cable for it was perfect for me because now it's not, I'm holding a shotgun at the guy that I'm supposed to kill. Now I'm holding a shotgun at my own mother because it's like, yo, did you just lie to me for like 30 years of my life and tell me that my father was just some low life loser from the bayou? Like, and it's weird because while that's a very human reaction, it was also very obvious that that was stated in that moment of duress. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was stated to cause a confusion between the people. And um, It could have been very well just untrue, and, and Lucille could have just, like, said, oh, he's stupid. And like, what's the math on that? What do you what do you peg an Abby, a Matt? 30? I would say about 30, 30 35. Uh, and so... He would have had to have started that... that before that, Sean. Yeah. He would, have, he, he would have had to start that before he even met his wife. Yeah. That would have to have been someone that he impregnated when she was like 18 years old, when he was 18 years old and then grew up and now it's yeah. he has a whole life. So maybe that was set in a state of duress. Maybe the writers didn't know what they were going for. Maybe by the time that they got to this episode, they already knew the show was canceled, so they didn't even care. And something is up with that because the cables as characters are cleaned up. By the time this episode, by the time this show is over, 
There are no cables. Oh, gone. Done. Bro. Both uh, Henderson Wade as Matt Cable and Jennifer Beals as Lucilia Cable are uh, basically taken out. Um, so, yeah. That sucks. Maybe it was a dead end kind of storyline there with the I am your father. Yeah, if stuff. they were always going to intend to be killed off. At the end of the at the end of the series, then yeah, I guess it, we didn't really need to know more about their backstory. We came for swamps, we came for things, and we came for Crystal Reed crying face. <laughs> Crystal Reed crying face. Uh, that needs to be an emoji. But um, you have I my favorite parts of Avery was that weird hallucinogenic episode with Swamp Thing, where he gets because. After he tells Matt that he's his father, oh, this Matt was gets, like coming back from dying. Or yeah, whatever. Matt starts to get mad at Lucilia, and then while he's distracted, Avery stabs Matt. Lucilia shoots Avery. Avery falls off the boat, um, and he wanders across the forest, loses blood, and starts to hallucinate. And then Swamp Thing basically nurses him back to health. What do you think about that? Weird. I mean, not not weird as a bad weird. I was just a weird as like, damn, you really are a good a good being you're yeah. a good person you know what do like, you think about the um, uh, initial intimidation of uh i guess it was both the green and the rock trying to affect avery's mind when he was in the for- in the full disclosure swamp. as far as comic books go i always mixed up the powers and abilities of man thing and swamp thing okay so for this for half of this show until i had to remind myself this is not how this works wrong character i kept thinking that he had the power of man thing to show them their greatest fears okay so every time like they were doing the hallucinogen part, like that hallucinogen episode, or when Avery was in the woods, yeah. I kept thinking, oh shit, that's right. Swamp Thing and the Green can show you your, your biggest fears to fight you. And then I had to remember, no shit, that's Man Thing. <laughs> are we supposed to believe that the worst parts of that are the rot? Or was no, that I, that's, that's definitely... Or was that an antagonistic Alec? <laughs> it could have been because the Arcanes have been around for generations and have been part of the rot. Yeah. Since basically their their starting of their life, yeah, that Anton Arcane knew everybody. He okay. knew the Liz's father. He knew who the Leroy. the Sunderlands were. He knew all of this stuff. So he's using those agents and proxies to mess with people that he knew about. He knew that this guy's mother. Yeah, because he would be the same age as all of them if he died. He would be the same age same. as Liz's father. Yeah. So he knew that Liz's father, when he was a boy, her his mother died from burglars. Yeah. He he, he could just and then after that, you just need proxies to just be around town to always be surveilling. Soon. That's probably one of my favorite episodes as well. Was the episode where um, that's my favorite episode. The uh, episode four where the um, the rot gets into various members of the community of Marie and some very horrifying stuff starts to happen. Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about this last week, but you couldn't. But yo, that's dude stabs stabbing. his arm with a. But a Todd, Todd and and the snake scene is is one of the most hard to watch scenes I've seen in anything, and it that scene is what screams to me when people talk about um intense violence. That's the kind of stuff I was kind of thinking was going to be in Joker, like just he. There's a part where he's filleting his arm. No, he's, he's full cutting, on. Yeah, he's just cutting layers of skin off because he perceives there to be a snake um coiled around his whole forearm yeah i thought that when i saw the knife go right through it i actually had to move my face away i'm like oh god he shoves his hand in the um garbage disposal and like there's like a stump there's like a stump with like a (laughs) a thing entrails hanging off of it as a hand um but 
truly horrifying. I think the only thing that beats that in my mind is actually the pilot when that when that dead cadaver corpse gets literally cracked open by the vines and stuff. His body, oh, yeah, it's like he torn- sits up and then his body just cracks open and these big vines start to pull out and um, almost attack Holland and them. And then they just set him on fire. He's this weird half man, half plant, half fire. Well, that's three halves, but you know, you get what I'm, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. <laughs> that whole thing there. Um, Swamp Thing helps his ass. Uh, yeah, well, so, what were those little things? Like, he put it in, like, his legs, and it was, like, eating all, like, like the rot Like, in it. antibodies, I guess, or, like... Uh, uh, it would be, like, leeches, in a sense. Because, you know, like, leeches suck out the bad blood, and then your new but blood circulates. But it'd be some sort of plant-based leech, right? Some sort yeah, because he like, told him, don't take that stuff out. Like, I'm, that's what's helping your leg right now. Yeah. Because like, he woke up, and he's like... No, I think it was, like... Was it his leg or his arm? It was, was his leg. It was his leg. Dots. Was, yeah. Oh yeah. God. Oh, anybody that has a that has a tryptophobia definitely don't watch some of this show. Yeah, you ain't lying. No, this this show is not for the tryptophobias. Um, Avery returns to the swamp after recovering to quote unquote help Swamp Thing, but he brings members of the Conclave mercenaries with him. Swamp Thing tells him to leave, but uh, Jason Avery and the mercenaries manage to capture him alive. Uh, sensing that something is in danger. Yeah, what were they using? Like, like a nitrous, a frost, like like a like a ice. Yeah, like yeah. a liquid nitrogen. Yeah, that was it. That's um, it. Liquid nitrogen. Which I think they do also in the comic. He's frozen. Um, what happens in the comic is kind of cool, and uh, hopefully you guys will be able to read it. Uh, is to my knowledge, um, Woodrow traps Swamp Thing in a in a ro- like a room or the a building with Avery Sunderland. And so this entire autopsy is like a voiceover as you see Swamp Thing start to recontextualize as a person because he was cut up into the pieces for the autopsy and go and strangle Avery Sutherland. You see it like as a thunder flash, like a lightning flash. You see him strangling uh, Avery Sutherland. There are so like many good ways that season two could have gone that I'm just literally just trying my hardest to not flip out of how amazing. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't yeah. understand. How a show can be bad and last seven seasons versus a show that literally gets its source material to the teeth. Yeah. I've, I've seen high-grossing high comic book movies that aren't this accurate. Yeah. No, you're, you're not right. I mean, you're not Spider-Man wrong. doesn't even have his web shooters. And Spider-Man 2 is one of the is considered the benchmark of comic book but movies. But that's what that's – that's where the DC Universe, even though, you know, the, the – Future of the streaming platform itself, DC Universe, is up in the air. That's where it thrives. Because if you're watching this show, you know DC and you know superheroes. You don't stumble on Swamp Thing. You're not channel surfing. You picked to watch Swamp Thing. And so they know their audience and they know that they're willing to sit for the explanations for all this other kind of stuff. Where Hollywood gets squeamish and goes, oh, if we get too expository, people will just tune out. And so we don't have the time for that. And also with a series, it's easier to, to explain things over a, a, a number of episodes as opposed to trying to cram everything into two hours. Um, but let's talk about the real start of this show. All right? Let's talk about my man Kevin Durant and I knew Jason Wood. Man, this my dude is character. my favorite also, bro. My he is the man, show. bro. There's a lot of lip trimmering and, 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 stu- and stuttering. And, and he, he, he talks like this where like, everything is very... Uh, well, well I, I mean, you, you can tell from the, from the plant-like 
matter. I, I, I cannot around. let you do this to my wife. I, I have to save my wife. Like, oh, you thought I was going to give you untested <laughs> thing? Never. I would never do that so to Let you. me test this myself right here. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, he is great. Madness. So, Kevin Durant plays Jason Woodrow, a.k.a. the Floronic Man. He actually ends up becoming the Floronic Man at the end, uh, which is I'm sorry. He beautiful. looked like an evil Groot to me. He kind of looked, looked like, like an evil Groot. He kind of looked like an evil Groot in the comics, honestly. <laughs> to, be, to be completely honest with you. He looked like an evil Pinocchio with, with moss on him. Um, and so, uh, let me give you some background on Floronic Man in the comic, right? So, in Saga of Swamp Thing number 22, the Floronic Man uses the Swamp Thing's body... Um, now regressing to a plant-like state out of his inability to accept the new revelation about his origins. Oh, so the same thing. Is this a, a more character? Because I know more. Veronic, took- I know. I think he took him from somewhere. I, I, I'll, I'll double check. Because I know but, more took over Swamp Thing in 82. Right. So he might have been repurposing people as opposed to. Um, oh, he went, he, he went Miracle Man on it, basically. Uh, Yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing. Like, you hear certain characters' names. And so you're like. Um, I know what he becomes, so you're, you're just kind of waiting to see if he eventually gets there. But, you know, he was created by Gardner Fox and Gil King. So he was he was repurposed uh, uh, by Alan Moore. And so, um, same thing, like I said, uh, because, of the, because of the autopsy, Swamp Thing gets depressed and becomes basically just a plant because he just regresses. And so Woodrow eats parts of him um, and trying to, in trying to contact the green, which is composed of all life forces of plants on Earth. The experience drives the pharaonic man insane, and he refers to himself as Wood Roo. Oh, so he, he isn't... A, yeah, no, that's his name, Jason Wood Roo. Oh, it is? Yeah. But after well, a while... as the pharaonic man, yeah. he's... Yeah, he just... Like like uh, Diddy and Puff Daddy, he just just rebrands himself. Oh, so he Wood did the Roo. prince and came back as a symbol. Yes, he just Wood, Wood, uh, Wood Roo. Um, but he does. He goes full on insane and he sets out to destroy all non-plant life on Earth by forcing plants to produce an ex- excessive amount of oxygen oh, to force shit. humanity into extinction. That's sick. In the belief of that he is saving Earth from mankind. Woodrue is confronted by a revived Swamp Thing who reveals to the Green that plants cannot survive without animals as he is depriving them of the carbon dioxide that they require to breathe. Forcing Woodrue to acknowledge that his actions are the actions of a man rather than of a plant. The Green abandons the Pharaonic Man, who is then taken into the custody by the Justice League after uh, undergoing a complete mental breakdown. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm becoming a broken record at this point of how amazing <laughs> they could have really went Where with this show. Could. And this legit happens, I think, eventually after that, maybe like four or five issues after that, had, Batman fights Swamp Thing. Because, because now, now the Justice League is privy to this man <laughs> and privy to what he can do. Uh, and the Pharaonic Man does something very much like... Um, Kid Miracle Man, where it's this big display of violence, where he's just in the city indiscriminately killing people, that happens in this. And so that puts him on the Justice League radar, but then Swamp Thing uh, handles it, and, you know, they they keep Swamp Thing in their back pocket, in a ways. So, but in the show, Jason Woodrow and his wife arrive in Moray, and are confronted by Avery about the mutagen accelerator they created which is supposed to make the trees grow faster and draw out the water from the swamp, resulting in land to develop and more resources from the trees. Uh, they wanted to make like a super drug, like a super cure for everything. Uh, Woodrue claims his accelerator... They is- had that before. Wasn't that the the arc of um, the lizard? Wanting to use yeah, stem cell always, research to regrow his arm? That's always the arc. <laughs> that's like that. he's, much, he's very much for uh, stem cell research. 
Um, but Avery demands that Woodrow investigate the illness, and uh, Jason searches Alex's lab and finds giant footprints that lead to a piece of vegetation. And after analyzing it, he concludes that it's the same genetic material as Abby's sample. Because him, Abby ends up giving him a sample. He kind of like bogarts his way into getting that sample, right? Yo, he like he, like she he they don't even know each other. They're working on two different like what parts of the, what they, they were the same th- lab. from their perspective. Yeah. They're working on two different experiments. When honestly, it's the good side and the the bad side and the good side that are working on it. But he and overhears her and comes to her and is like, "Hey, listen, that's not how you do that. That's wrong." Abby's also making it hot because Abby has agreed to leave Murray. Yeah. Once everything is settled, and everything gets settled pretty quickly, halfway through the series, the green flu is seemingly eradicated. Yeah, all you gotta do is so, stop feeding them antibiotics. So her current, her um, still being in Marae raises a lot of eyebrows to Woodrow, Avery, uh, Maria, uh, Liz. They're all like, "Why are you still here? And why are you constantly going to the swamp?" She's completely determined to fix Alec, but no one else knows that because it's being kept secret. Little by little, people start to realize. I thought the worst part was when they told Matt. When Matt found out that um, Alec Holland was uh, Swamp Thing or, you know, had the, the mental capacity or whatever of Swamp Thing, um, I thought that that was um, the, like, you, you like whenever you see somebody in a series tell a bad person a secret, they're like, don't yeah, tell that yeah. person of all people. The, as soon as he finds out, he tells Liz, and in the most, like, petty like uh, um, something like you see, you seen Abby? Uh, maybe we should go check the swamp or something else like yeah. that. Like just like, come on, guy. Like you, go some nuts. All I right. Mean, he he drew his line in the sand at the ending of the first episode. Like, well, as our reveal shows, yes, from our reveal showing, he drew his line in the sand. You went and killed the titular character. So, I don't know what you expect. I don't know if you expect people to just like have sympathy for you because you don't know your dad or. Because you like a girl that doesn't like you back? I don't know. That's incel behavior. Kind of, sort of, right? Um, but you also get, like, you get that on the other side around, remember? Because there's, like, that dance, and Abby and Matt dance. And, oh, they're at a bar, and Abby and Matt dance. And then, was that a, wasn't it, like, uh, during the episode four, when his nah, mom goes, like, crazy? The, it wasn't during the crawdad. Because they're sitting down, and he's like, up. Oh, he plays a song on the jukebox that they know. Oh yeah, that's the bar. That's the bar. Later on, that song plays in the car, and he crashes the car into like a. Which divider. is crazy because that's the same song that that was the last song that Abby and Shauna listened to before yeah, they died. Remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, what song? It, I know, I knew the song. Like I, I yeah, me Recognize the song, but I can't remember what it is right now. Um, but yeah, when they're dancing and Swamp Thing's looking through the window, like. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Which is that's <laughs> always the trope too. The I'm now a monster and I'm on my the outside looking in. My love interest is in there dancing with this other living, guy, living her best life, and I can't give her anything close I, to that. Yep, and then so, the audience is supposed to feel some sort of em- empathetic like emotion, like ah, you know, I get it. Um, Jason tells Avery that a large creature is living in the swamp and that he needs to be alive in order to study it. So let's get down to the I think what some of the best parts of this. Um, Swamp Thing is brought to the secret conclave facility where Jason conducts research on him. As payback for her plotting to kill him, Avery puts his wife Maria in a mental institution. Oh, I guess we should explain this that. This is the hardest thing I ever had to do, honey. I guess we should explain that um, when when Lucilia shot and attacked Avery, it was also um, through the blessing of Maria. Oh, that was their plan, Who was yeah. hoping to seal the deal with conclave herself. Use Woodrow's cure to gain even more millions and just live independently of Avery. 
now Avery would be dead and she'd be doing all the work. And she did handle that business meeting quite efficiently and the meeting with um, – Hey, man, pecan pie is good. I'll t- I'm saying this from personal experience, yeah, not just as some weird comment. Like personal experience, pecan pie is good, so – that was definitely like a turn, though. That was a more sinister uh, Maria that we had seen. I felt like this was the Maria that we were supposed to get since the beginning. But because of the Shauna thing, maybe it was Because of the hidden. whole Shauna storyline, we started getting this other thing. But once she like once it reveals that, that she made the plan to kill her husband and that she handled the dinner well, and now she's like, listen, Woodrow, I actually have the money to pay you, not my husband. Yeah, stop trying to talk. Why are you trying to keep trying to talk to him? <laughs> He's uh, indisposed. Um, but... Yeah, so then you both your girls plot to kill you. Basically. And then she's, but then she's also like, and I need you to get out of here. She tells Cecilia, remember? Yeah, but I don't... Un- oh. I need to get out of here. Get out of this town. Oh, yeah, that's why I she, don't want to see your face. Because <laughs> of the guy that knew that he saw Matt on the boat. Yes. Um, the night R- that... Rougeau? No. Remy. Remy. Remy Bourgeois or something. No, like. we're thinking of... Um, we're thinking of... Um, Gambit. Remy oh, LeBeau. Le- Remy LeBeau. Uh, but his name was Remy. That's why I'm thinking about the LeBeau. And what is it with Louisiana guys and their names being Remy? I think there's also a guy named Remy in True Blood. <laughs> in the first season of True Blood. It's like, it, it, it's law that if you're from the bayou, your name has to either be Remy or some sort of... French. Uh, yeah, French, some sort uh, of French-Cajun name. Yeah. Um, Avery. <laughs> Avery. What kind of name is Avery? Always remind me of text Avery. There is, there was a Tex Avery, and he did do Cartoon Network. How did you feel about Matt crashing his car as a result of drinking and driving? I thought that was a dream sequence. It felt kind of unnecessary. I guess I just, it was. I don't know. Since it was the last episode, and really like the last like five, ten minutes, I guess it's like, all right, we can just get there and do this. It doesn't matter to me right now. How do you feel about Lucilia as a character? Did you ever find yourself rooting for her? I. I don't she I has some tender in, moments with Matt, but I don't know if I you... I guess I'm indifferent. Do you believe her? She has some tender moments about loving Matt and making the right choices and feeling regretful for the mistakes Yo, How many times made. am I going to have to sit through the parent does illegal things for their kids to have a great life? Heroes. <laughs> it's all of heroes. Why are you, you ruining my life? I'm doing this to protect you, Claire. That five seasons of that show. I mean, it's it's legit. It was legit the entire series of Breaking Bad. Like, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do all of this illegal, morally corrupt shit because my family needs to have a nest egg. This is for you. Why aren't you thanking me harder? Oh, Damn for it. and then that's that's their their characteristics. All of it. It's like, do you know what I just had to do to make sure that you went through college, bro? I could get a job working fifteen dollars an hour. What do I need college for, pops? But I just killed a cop so you can have this money so you can go here i didn't ask you to do that no one ever i mean it's so weird i guess it's like is this how hollywood thinks parents that aren't made of money work <laughs> my mother was a single mother raising four kids she didn't sell meth because he was he they talk about that too though because he's like where am i where am i supposed to go on a freaking like a sheriff's salary or whatever like a local policeman's salary you know they they talk about them not having money, and he outs Matt outs his mom. He's like, I know you're screwing Avery. No, but he also like he didn't like Avery. take any of her excuses. So he's like, where, where he's like, oh, look, look at this, this, re- this, uh, what was it? Her record, her but file. I think I think it's also because you gain to have less and less sympathy the longer you know a secret that somebody hasn't told you. Oh, one hundred percent. Right? Like if I like you knew, had your statute of limitations to tell right, me. Right, exactly. Like if I knew that I have five dollars around here and I saw you take it somehow, and now it's week three. And I'm just I'm now I'm just stewing, I'm just looking at you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what's great? 
having five dollars. <laughs> Isn't that great? You ever wanted five dollars? You know, at a certain point, it's like you're literally waiting for an excuse to explode, and that's what this was. As soon as she's like, "Man, you're so dumb," he's like, "That all the stuff he's talking about had nothing to do with why he shot Alec. Yeah, nothing to do with why he shot Alec." But then he's like, "Oh no, it was all about you because if I didn't do that, then maybe Avery would have gotten you in trouble." Come on, guy. Come on. You weren't you you everyone there is just trying to do their best. Uh, it was they're just all so weird. It's they're like, all Nazis just following orders from Avery. Uh Who doesn't even have the money to pay them? Not at all. Um yeah. This is my best part though. The Jason autopsy. removes yes, Jason oh. removes Swamp Thing's lungs and heart while Swamp Thing is still conscious and discovers that he's still alive without them. After further examination, Woodrow deduces and reveals to him that he is not Alec Holland. He is a humanoid plant that absorbed Holland's memories after the explosion. How did you feel about that bombshell being dropped? Uh, it wasn't a bombshell because we talked about it like yeah. literally two days ago. How do you feel about that bombshell being confirmed? Holy crap, they actually went with it in the show. This is what pisses oh, me off. It is kind of awesome. Dude, tell me not. He's like, well, actually... You're not alive at all. See, the brain has these neuroinhibitors, and the lungs have these glands right under here so air can get in. But if you see in this lung, there is no gland. There is no valve. There is no hole. There's no valve. There's no gaps. There's no um, tubing. He's like, and he's like. The heart pumps no blood. And then he's like, like, I feel everything, though. And he's like, "Uh, I don't know how you feel everything. You don't have any pain receptors. You legit have no pain receptors. It's your brain is telling you. This is supposed to hurt right now, so you're feeling it. It goes so existential and out of the box that it feels like I'm watching stuff like, I don't know, Rick and Morty at its absolute finest. Like now, reading a science fiction yeah. book at its absolute greatest. Not only that, but the pure horror, fi- the pure horror scene of being um, conscious while you're being an autopsy on. Is, yeah. Is, is, is on you. And, then, and because he's not human, quote unquote. Because he's lesser, because he's other, because he's not what um, Woodrow uh, thinks is an equal. There's this weird, callous nature in which Woodrow's doing all of this. Oh, 100%. He knows he's alive. He knows he's conscious. This was the scene in which you can see the pure evil Of gleam, Woodrow, yeah. The gleam in his eye uh, and the lengths that he would go. And I think they did a good job with his wife um, uh, with her reaction of like, you, these are the lengths that you would go for this? Like, you would test it on, you know... And his on, altruistic on, on and... approaches, well, I have to save your Alzheimer's. I have to save your Alzheimer's. Listen, I don't even know how, how old this couple's supposed to be, but are people supposed to be getting Alzheimer's in their 50s? I, I think it happens. It might be a rare case. We were also talking about a show with swamp flu, so... True. <laughs> well, there there is, like, is type there? swamp flu stuff. Like... Oh, don't drink swamp water, people. Well, no, d- definitely don't drink swamp water, but, <laughs> I mean, like, there is some... I, I feel like there is an algae flu, like... Yeah, Stuff like that. That makes sense. But yeah, man, like, absolutely um, jaw-dropping to realize that the guy that we've been following is not even, it's not as as cut and paste as guy falls in, guy plus swamp equals swamp guy. It's not that. Because there is no guy to be well, had. I think that we should have gotten that inkling when we first see Swamp Thing during the day and he's ripping his face apart. And you see that there's like no brain in his head basically yet. But somebody would have just chalked that up to um, new physiolo- f- physiology, not needing a brain, not needing a heart. 
but the idea that your body would make those things is That's... this weird kind of like and, sad and tragic... you see that he made his stomach his lungs yeah. he made he made part of his lung his heart and his whole stomach again yeah rib cages all that kind of it, it all started just growing yeah it, yeah like holy crap um i think that the the real tragic uh exclamation point when it came to this reveal was him proving it to himself by going and discovering the body his dead of body Alec Holland, which is is the um the season nine ending it's episode nine ending but also the artwork for the show is him with the skeleton in his hand coming out of the swamp but people oh. don't, you don't realize what that is and what that means until you get to this episode which is both of them Alec yeah, Holland and the so swamp sad thing as one too, person like knowing that everything Abby did was for naught now that I'm thinking about it too, also I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, remember, I was making I was making like Beauty and the Beast parallels before. Yeah. This whole this last episode is the last act of Beauty and the Beast. The live way. action? Because I didn't see that one. The regular one, the cartoon okay, okay. one. In the sense that, um, now the Beast is depressed, right? The Beast is depressed. Uh, he sends Belle off because he knows he can't be. Well, he well, he won't think that she should be. The people go to kill it, so he goes rage. Right, he rages out and takes them all down. Wow, kill the you beast! Are, holy shit! I'm literally kill seeing the, the entire last act of that movie in my head. Right, and so they all show up to the swamp um, because Avery now knows that Swamp Thing's in there, and Alec Holland is seemingly the biggest dangling carry. He's the biggest thread that is still loose out there that he needs to tie up. Um, so he goes with Conclave, but then Conclave basically. Cuts him loose because they're like, we don't even need you for this. Uh, we'll figure this out on our own. And, um, oh, sorry. I did love that the uh, scaring, um, what's his face? Like, you tell them what you saw here, what you saw here today. That's another, uh, trope or the formula. freaking earlier when he, when he first gets attacked in the swamp and he does that thing where he hits the tree and it was and just shooting splinters. like spores or like the splinters. Yeah. Oh my god, that was that horrifying. was awesome. I was like, could you imagine that pain of just sharp wood? And this dude had it like oh, all oh, half his of his face. face. Oh my god! Some of these these Swamp Thing kills were freaking ridiculous. Oh, he takes off Jake Busey's jaw. Yeah. He puts like a whole thing right through, through his it face and, pulls and it rips off. off his jaw, um, and then he pulls him in half. Like, and he pieces. he creates like these jagged shoulder things. Like he yeah. changes his appearance, like Johnny Five did at the end of Short Circuit too. Uh, the more badass. This bad man loves his short circuit too. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and he was like, "That's it. I'm not taking it anymore." And his eyes go straight to red, fully red. No, we get like a reddish pupil thing for the no, most. No, you m- see like the little black the in the pupils, yeah. But in this, when he goes full, uh, you know, swamp zerk mode, yo. yeah, all red. Um, and you get that deep voice, and he basically is able to trap the conclave soldiers by changing. The surrounding area because See, that's they what he marked, did too, right? I thought they marked okay their way out of the swamp, and he changed all of it. So when they turned around, they didn't know how to get out, and they fe- seemingly were surrounded by swamp thing. And he basically takes them all out. I think he just lets Eller- El- yeah, no, El- that's Ellery one, live, right? Yeah, Ellery, that's his name. Yeah, Nathan Ellery. Yeah, he let him live, and he's like, and then he did the whole classic: tell them what you saw here, tell them tell, everything, tell them about me, tell them it was me. Like uh, nothing beats that from the limey. Oh my God! Not Christopher Wheatley. What's his name? Oh, damn it! What mm. is this poor guy's name? He was Zod. Oh, uh, poor. He died not too long ago. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp's Stamp. dead. Oh no, it was Christopher Lee that died. <laughs> I think Terrence Stamp's not dead. Okay, Terrence Stamp. There was this, there's this movie called The Limey. Uh huh. 
and in it you're supposed to it's supposed to have like this like um which John... I also think is an Australian slur, right? No, a British slur. It's it's the the British slur for an Australian person though. Is it for Australian? Yeah. I thought that was always a British. I thought that was just what you call British people if you want to. No, no, no. Offend them. Uh-uh. Because I've heard that in movies a lot where somebody somebody who's like British gets called a limey. A limey, according to the... Oh, wow, it is a British person. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Why did I think it was a damn Australian person? Because Australia is Britain's Australia, or Britain's Canada. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, there's this scene from the limey that... With, uh, we're supposed to have, have this implication that um, uh, Terrence Stamp is like this biggest badass uh, an assassin, assassin. Okay. So then when we finally get the scene... It happens like off screen, and you just see him like you see him one minute go into a building, two seconds later come like, this guy's like coming out all bloody, and he walks up and he's like, "You tell them, you tell them I'm coming!" Screams really <laughs> loud in, into the camera, like you see it from an above shot. And he's like, "You tell them, you fucking tell them I'm coming!" And he has like blood oh everywhere. My God. Yo, Terrence, I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. Yo, th- th- anybody who's listening, well, everybody that's listening, the limey Steven Soderbergh, I recommend it for the week. Uh. Jason manages to escape after Swamp Thing comes to after that whole autopsy thing. And he goes back home and he finds out that his wife OD'd on her medication. Basically putting her in this weird, like, trance, right? She was, like, in this weird comatose kind of situation. Um, Incredibly creepy of Jason to not only feed her the uh, parts of Swamp Thing, like, seemingly sautéing his lungs and heart. But when he's talking about her condition, where he's like, um, you see, what you're experiencing right now is a locked, you're locked in. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it, was, yeah it, was a, it was a self-induced uh, coma from medication. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, just him talking in that sterile way to her felt so otherworldly, felt so dark and, and bleak. And He duct taped her to the chair to feed her swamp thing parts. That's not like... Heart uh, and lungs, and he's like sauteing it with like onions and stuff. Like he's really out there. It trying legit to chef looked it up. like some sort of like a whole greenery type buffet. It was great. Um, Abby tries to make Swamp Thing believe that Alex's spirit still resides within him. Um, and after, like I said, Swamp Thing destroys all the people uh, that Ellery brings up. You have that poignant moment where you were talking about where Swamp Thing has one last conversation with Alec Holland. I thought that was really, 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 really cool. Um, where Alec is trying to convince Swamp Thing not to be such a a, a grump. He's like, come on, guy. Like, we could do this together, both of us. We don't have to be none of Alec, and we don't have to be none of the Swamp. We can be half and half. Um, and it's seemingly a poignant moment. But we see Woodrow perform an experiment on himself to save his wife. And we see Madame Xanadu uh, meet up with Maria in the mental institution and give her closure at the cost of her sanity. So now Maria thinks that she's constantly with Shauna. But it's not the zombified Shauna, so that's good, right? It's like a regular no, nice yeah, Shauna. No, it's a happy little... Happy go lucky Shauna. That's it. That I feel like there in a sense, a lot of these characters are getting that series finale closing arc. And a lot of them are getting that that series starter arc. Like if you look at Xanadu, Maria, the Blue Devil, and um eight uh, not Avery and uh, the cables, that's it. Series finale closing arc for those kinds of characters. Done, then, done and done. then you have Avery Woodrue and the relationship of Alec and Abby and you're just like damn it at least give me one more season like I don't have to watch Virginia Madsen her story's complete Xanadu's story's complete the Blue Devil left Murray. he's his thing is complete yeah 
I don't want them. Give me Avery, Alec, and Woodrow, and Abby, and I'm set. At least give me a 45-minute, like, you know, short film. Or give me an hour-and-a-half TV special. I don't know, but Jesus. I can't believe that something so... I feel like how you felt when you were watching Doom Patrol. Only you got a chance to to feel... Yeah. Like, you know that you're waiting for a season two, so you're just... It's coming, baby. Exactly. He's just frothing at the mouth. He's doing a dance. And you know what? I want to believe that this will be... This will get life somewhere else. Uh, I want to believe that this will get, like, like a movie. Throw some Only because I think it's incredibly hard to stick a landing like this. This, this, This subject matter, while not impossible to cover or not impossible to... What's it? Translate? Yeah, and adapt. they stuck Not the adapt. landing. They were able to do so, and I think they should be patted on the back for that. And it, it should make them more confident in doing it more in the future with characters like this. But um, Avery, well, how do you feel about Avery showing up to the hospital to talk to his boy? Oh, that's my son too, Lucilia. <laughs> I knew she was dying. How do you feel about her? How do you feel about his his um proposition? Maria's in the Maria's in the mental institution. We ain't gonna be married for much longer. We could be together. We could restart everything, rebuild everything. Do you think he was being sincere? Do you think he was giving her a last oh, minute? Oh, ain't no sincerity. He was giving her that last minute. Listen, if you don't just accept this offer, I'm going to stab you with this ten-inch sword that I have just conveniently placed in your back seat. The knife from Rambo. <laughs> yeah, the knife from Rambo. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happens when she refuses. She gets into her car, and then he's like. I loved you, Lucilia. <laughs> and then he stabs her right through the thing and, she, and dumps her car in the, into the swamp. Um, maybe the rock gets into her. Maybe she becomes, you know, maybe she becomes. Well, I was thinking about that with become. Avery when he was coughing up uh, leaves. And he's like, yeah. what the hell is this? I, I got so upset because I'm like, damn. It's leading to something. It, you're it, curious. You're interested. Yeah, man. It's so sad that it's all right. I'm not the most professional of comic book fans but i definitely definitely have some sort of knowledge to them and definitely i have excitement towards them so if you can take such an out-of-the-box character someone so virtually unknown by people by by the normal masses give us a, a a show like this and stick the landing and then cancel it man my heart it just i i guess i I guess I was trying to be in that denial stage while I was watching the show where I'm just like, oh, my God, where, where are we going with this? We're going to go somewhere great with this. But it was still that voice in the back of my head that put the hand on my shoulder like, Dan, don't do it, Dan. Dan, you know you're going to get hooked. Dan, don't do it. And something warned me before I even ever signed on to, to cover this with you. Something warned me I was going to get hooked and I was going to be pissed off that I'm not going to get anything in return. What's cool is, though, after this stuff happens with Woodrow, you know, he basically gets arrested, right? The oh, cops yeah. show up. And the only person him. he still cared about was his, was his wife. Yeah, he was like, please, like don't touch don't, my, please yeah. don't. She's going to die if you don't just let me do this. Just please let me do this. It's like, wow. Um, so that shows you that she. Um, that was always his motivation, though. That's his motiva- what No, was his motivation motivated. was never money. Abby calls him out and says that his motivation is fame and stuff like that. Because you think from if you were in her shoes and he was who he was, you would think that that's what he was looking for. The fame and, and the, the glory. The wife reveal thing isn't doesn't happen to like. Well, they kind of hint at it, but you see the severity of it when she starts to fully forget. Like, remember she goes like, oh, who were those people we were having dinner with? And he's like, we just had dinner with them. She's like, yeah, they seem nice. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, he gets that reminded was about how mo- bad it was. You know what it is? It's, in a, it's always, that I guess, a good way and a bad way. But a woman 
by uh, us men like to make women our be all end all. A woman can ruin our life, and a woman can make our life. <laughs> That's literally can't how. Live it with him, can't live without anything. In a sense, yeah. Like, and not live in the the literal live. You as a person, as a man, can't live without that woman, and that's what drove him to be evil. So let's talk about that because both Swamp Thing and Abby make life choice, life changing decisions at the end. They both decide to stay in Moray and combat the enclosing darkness together. I thought it was sweet. I am a mark for whenever they use the theme song thematically. Yeah, but this is the point where I knew that the show was over. That that was over. I was like, damn. But it seemed cool. Like, it seemed cool to see them together. They're going to take this down. It's cool that, like, you could kind of make this like a police procedural where she just keeps going to her informant, who is Swamp Thing, who knows everything about the swamp and the darkness and all that kind of stuff. You there. could even go t- towards where he doesn't want her in Murray, that she would be much better for him to literally, since she's CDC, go all around the world and combat the, the the rot with him. And he can appear wherever he like, wants. Like here's so your he yeah. yeah, like uh, like just call him. Like literally touch a tree and say, Alec, I need you here. And he sprouts up from from a pair of daisies and like I'm here. What's wrong? There's yeah. a whole rot going down in Cambodia. We need to like fight it. There's so many different like ways you can go with it. But you know what? Thank God for the comics. You ain't lying. They I'm, still exist. I'm gonna for still those that uh, yeah, exactly continue this story. For those who are interested to see where these characters go, those comics still exist. The saga Swamp Thing, they come in six volumes, I think. But um, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's about six, six volumes. It's great stuff. It's definitely great stuff. Um, let's talk about the post credit with Floronic Man. You got um, uh, Matt wakes up from the hospital. Oh, they have some balls to know. Uh, did they know that they were canceled before all of this stuff was Seemingly, made? Seemingly, I assume so, yeah. That they knew that they were canceled before? Yeah, because I, to my knowledge, this was supposed to be an 11 episode show. So they knew and they were canceled. So like the show was already made, and then while because DC does theirs weekly, like TV, right? It doesn't drop yeah. a whole season one like every Netflix. Week. Yep. It's so, they're, but they're not actually like filming and recording every week a new episode. That's obviously impossible. No, they probably have them in the locked in. So they knew that they were being canceled after they wrote and filmed all of the episodes. So then I can't be mad at them for giving us a, a season two cliffhanger like that, and then just abruptly getting canceled. Yeah, and you know what it is though. Once Jay, if you follow the comics, once Jason Woodrow ate all that stuff, you're you're expecting the turn. And when we didn't get it at the end, I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, where where does that go then? Yeah, it's like Peter Parker being bit by the spider and then just being like, oh, I feel fine. Like next month being like, I feel fine. Or he just he dies did? of a spider bite. No, he, oh, yeah, or he literally just dies of a spider bite. So, um, I I was always waiting to see the hint towards Veronica Man. But yeah, Matt wakes up, goes to the um. To the sheriff's office, right? Yeah. And sees a bunch of his fellow comrades, his fellow cops dead on the floor. And a bunch All of, of weird No, it was the whole towns. Because remember, small towns force. like that always have one police force. Police station, police department or whatever. And so they all, um, they're all seemingly killed. And there's a bunch of weird plants growing from everywhere. And Matt finds this, um, this creature, seemingly, who identifies himself as Jason Woodrow. And says something very similar to what he says in the comics, which is, I don't understand why Alec Holland ever wanted to be human. Like, this connection, this thing that I have, like, why would you ever want to give this up? And that's what ends up causing him to go insane because he feels like he needs to be connected to the Green and actually ends up being corrupted. And the Green rejects him because he uh, is perverting it in many ways. Um, And then kills Matt Cable. 
Very far from the Dr. Jason Woodward we got in Batman and Robin, though. Uh, are we, we going to talk about that one? <laughs> I mean, maybe that was supposed to be his origin when he got knocked over by Poison Ivy or whatever you know the hell. Funny? If, if you want to draw parallels, uh, Kevin Durant and the guy that plays Woodrow in that movie kind of talk together. Like, they kind of talk the same. In that weird where nervous it's, hammering. It's, and it's eccentric, and everything is just like this. Like, ah, oh, Dr. Pamela. And yes. Here you are, to over here. And, you know, it's very... Very like exaggerated. He also very much of a dick. He was saying a lot of a lot of rude shit. Uh, Jason Woodrow, mostly to Abby. <laughs> he was kind of a dick to Abby. Um, no, he was basically telling her that her science is like inadequate. Yes, like that's messed up. He just comes over, no invitation. He doesn't even introduce himself. He just puts his head and his chin on her shoulder and says, "Well, this is inadequate or something like that. That's not how you do this and stuff." Yes. Bro, go go. Like, are you sure that's what this is? And he's like, "Yes." Or he goes, "You put in the wrong numbers for your finding." <laughs> And she's like, ah. Um, last but not least, let's talk about the blue devil within. The man of the hour that didn't even <laughs> get the hour. Ian Z- Ziering? Ziering? As Daniel Cassidy, a.k.a. the blue devil, a former stuntman who, after becoming semi-famous for playing the demonic blue devil in a film, looks to regain his former fame. So, the blue devil, Dan Cassidy, is a fictional character. Yeah, super- thank God I read about him today. Yeah, he came out, you know, he's a DC Comics character who first appeared in Fury of the Firestorm number 24 in June of 1984. The story that led to directly the Blue Devil number one also cover dated in June of 1984. He was created by Dan M- uh, by Dan Mishkin, Gary Cohn, and Paris Collins. Dan Cassidy was working as a stuntman and a special effects specialist in Hollywood when he created the Blue Devil full body suit, complete with a built-in exoskeleton specifically designed for the Blue Devil movie being produced by Werner Brothers Studios. <laughs> During the filming on the Blue Devil, the Blue Devil, um, I mean the demon, uh, Nebi- Nebiros, was accidentally unleashed from within an ancient temple and thinking Cassidy was an actual demon, tried to drain his demonic powers with a blast of magic, but that blast permanently bonded the suit to Cassidy. This unnatural fusion of magic and technology caused Cassidy to experience unusual events and draw the attention of otherworldly beings, a condition known in the occult circles as a weirdness magnet, which would have been really Lazy cool. Lazy writing. But it also would have been really cool to see like weird and random events happen around Blue Devil in Moray if he would have stood, because he ends up leaving. Um, horrified at the prospect of being stuck in the suit forever, Cassidy sought to find ways to separate himself from it, but ends up becoming a reluctant superhero along the way. DC and the reluctant heroes, man. So he's he's very much teamed up with uh, Gerald Prescott as um, Madame Xanadu, uh, Nimue in Wudu, a blind fortune teller whose psychic abilities can reveal the future. So his 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 story is pretty much um, cut and dry, right? He makes, yeah, a, yeah. He makes a deal um, in which he he gets the role in the Blue is Devil DC's film. DC's answer to uh, Ghost, Ghost Rider. <laughs> he makes a deal in which um, you know he decides that uh, he makes a deal to be the star of the Blue Devil film. Um, and in doing so, is stuck in Marais because the person who made the deal was like, "Oh, I need you here." And until he is allowed to be free, is that the devil himself? I think so. I am tired. Ta- I've been waiting all week to say this. Of being an overweight man? No, no. I am tired <laughs> of the devil man? wearing a fucking suit and fedora. I am tired of it. I cannot watch one more movie where the devil is this out of shape white guy in a fucking Lord and Don't Taylor. Don't say that because we we didn't watch Spirit of Vengeance not too long ago, <laughs> and it looks very much like the same kind of archetype of the devil. The Peter, uh, what Peter Font? Uh, not Peter Fonte. What the fuck is his damn name? You sure it wasn't Peter Fonte? It's um, God damn it, P- 
Peter something or other. But anyways, I'm just tired of seeing the devil in a, in, in a suit and a fedora. They're always in a suit and fedora. Always. And, and even this one looked like the devil from um, Spirit of Vengeance. He literally looked like what's-his-face. Yo, it's going to bother me if I don't look up. Fonda. Peter Fonda. Okay. Uncle of Bridget Fonda, who was in uh, Jackie Brown. Who's, that blonde girl. How is he related to Jane Fonda? I think they're sis- I think they're brother and sister, if I'm not mistaken. All right. There's a whole, yeah. Uh, let me see. Peter. <laughs> but, yeah, there is definitely a devil archetype, and I do think that, you know, he sealed his deal, and later on you see that he's definitely struggling with his destiny because he's not allowed to leave Moray. He literally catches fire. And the scariest part about it is he, he succumbs to it like a human would. <laughs> Very much like a human's weakness is fire. That fire fully affects him. It scars him. It burns him. And so it keeps him in Moray, this blue flame. And eventually, um, when he is attacked, when they try to attack Liz, um, Woodrow injects some of that plot, plant stuff in him to see if he can come oh, no, back he puts, and recover. No, he puts it in his IV with yeah. no problem. Which kind of triggers the blue demon. That the, This man was in a coma. He was just, in a coma not too long ago, and he yep. just walked out like two hours ago. Like, the transformative properties uh, take over, and he ends up kind of going crazy. He ends up having to get... Uh, shot with tranquilizers and later on Xanadu kind of settles the spirit in him I like you Daniel I'm going to do my best to give you peace the last time I did this I made David Jones David Jones you are never a cruel man <laughs> <laughs> yo that's one of the funny it's just so out of nowhere it's like you were never this cruel yeah, David yeah. Jones you were always something but never this cruel <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she has a soft spot for the, the citizens of Marais. She doesn't necessarily want to interfere, but she helps out with Maria. She helps out with, uh, Dave, Daniel. Um, I wish I would have seen her in Swamp Thing more. Yeah, definitely. Doing Swamp Thing. I don't think they even interact that at all. I don't think she even mentions knowing of a Swamp Man out there. Yeah, and you, there's even like, like if you go and put on, um, Xanadu, DC, one of the comic book covers that they give her Wikipedia, there's so many magical DC characters in that picture. Yes. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, look, see? Ah. And she, like, she's very much in that community, you know, um, in the like, Justice League dark magical community. Uh, and between this and Damned, last week, you got a freaking... Yo, I got a wallop de- of... Blue, de- uh, blue uh, Demon, um, Blue Devil, sorry, Swamp Thing, Xanadu, uh, Etrigan, uh, Enchantress... Spectre, Constantine, um, Zatanna, you're really... The dead, Phantom Stranger, man, I'm counting the Phantom Stranger. Dead Man, Phantom Stranger, you're definitely getting a, a, a who's who in the DC occult world, um, which is a shame. But yeah, Daniel ends up doing the full transformation to Blue Devil and help Liz, ends up helping Liz and um, Thing. Now that you say it, he kind of does like a penance there thing, doesn't he? Yeah. He grabs the guy and like shoots... Blue fire through his eyes and mouth and kills somebody. Um, but I, I dug it. I like the Blue Devil design. I like the Pharaonic Man design. I don't like not being able to see it too much. That That's always like the crutch of a lot of these. I think they were they worried that if he wasn't glowing, it would look Power Ranger-y. You know, like some of that. Some of that. I feel you. But when they actually gave us a shot of him, he learns. You know, yeah. he was like giant and blue and muscular. It was really cool to see him finally be able to leave Moray. He was so tortured by. I'm not even stay. gonna lie. That was like Pinkman levels of escaping in a car with that smiling laugh, crying laugh. Like yeah. 
Like, I actually got really emotional when he finally got to leave Murray, especially the first time he did it. His hand went on fire. He's played off as kind of like a simpleton. He's like kind of like a kind of like um somebody who's in a way in way over his head. Like he doesn't seem to like really want to do much oh, research on what definitely. why he's in the position. Well, he that he's was a, in. The, the context I'm getting from the show more than the comic is he didn't ask for this. He just thought some some movie producer was coming up to let him be the star. Was offering a job, yeah. Yeah, he thought he was being offered a job to be a because he says like how how about I offer you a starring role? You're literally talking to him in the language that is going to get him to do what you want. Exactly. There's a lot of that in here. <laughs> Honestly, that's why uh, Woodrow starts to talk science to Abby. You understand? You talk in the way they people want to get the best. Uh, yeah, even here. I didn't know if he was a bad guy or a good guy. To be honest with you, like uh, for, for, until I did no no uh, Mer, uh, Woodrow Woodruff. until I did the research until I did the actual research to look up these people, I just thought Woodrow was just caught in a war of like bad people. Like he's just, and he might make wrong mistakes, but he might that make doesn't mistakes. make him a bad yeah. person. Yeah, and I still honestly until he ate the the, the green, I didn't find him. Mine to be was a ba- the chainsaw on the chest. Mine was the 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 autopsy. Chainsawing while the man's screaming on the on the, on I the mean, table. I mean, if you go on on from his point of view, he's still a, a man of science. Could you still eat chicken if it screamed when you cut it? Hmm. I don't know if I could eat. Yes, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, I don't know if I. He could... didn't stop. He just well, Ron like... Swanson is right. Not too many people look their dinner in the eyes before not they enough. eat it. Not enough. Not, not enough people look their dinner in the eyes. Um. But yeah, in Ron, but Cassie's able to be the hero. He's able to end up being free. But you know, he's probably coming back to Murray. Even though we're not coming back to Murray because it's seemingly canceled, but I hope for uh, you know if there was Can a we future get a Justice League Dark, what's so wrong with just so getting a Justice League Dark? The rumor was this was supposed to go three seasons and then eventually be a backdoor pilot to Justice League Dark. They could have given us this Constantine, a Spectre show, Zatanna. You put Spectre in there, man. Um, Dead Man, all that stuff. You could have done it all. And you know what's so crazy is the DC. I feel like the, the whoever is running the creative end of the DC streaming service, they understand fans. They understand, oh, they comics. understand comic fans. Yeah, that's what it is. They understand comic. But fans. not only comic fans, I feel like any person can actually watch this without needing the prior knowledge. All right, if this show wasn't a comic book series at all, if it wasn't based on any comic book character, and this was just a brand new run of the mill idea of a TV show, could you get into it? I think so. You know what it is? Th- these things are incredibly well made. That's the biggest thing about it is that, like, I I, I feel like. All right. When it comes down to shows like um, Jessica Jones and especially Luke Cage, you don't really have people that are well-versed into Power Man and and Power Woman. So when you get a chance to throw in real-life elements, real-life situations, it it uh, gives that edge to people that aren't into comics to be able to watch it. For example, my grandmother. My grandmother watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she has no idea who's who's it about. She has no idea of any kind of backstory. She doesn't know that this is part of the Avengers world. But just because of the writing and, and the, the scale of its tone alone, my grandmother is able to digest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as if it's a Law & Order show. Because you don't have that mythical Thor and, and Hulk. You just have a bunch of people in suits doing suit-and-tie business work or security work. It's so if you have people that know Law & Order, that know NYPD Blue and all that stuff, they'll be able to sit through an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. So me personally, I'm watching shows like this. I'm watching shows like Doom Patrol. And I'm thinking that if there was no comic based on this property, 
then I would still watch it. And that's just that's just me because I, like and they get it. So, right. I know, guys, I know I sound like a broken record here. I do. But they truly get this show so right from lore to character to tone. The color green is everywhere in this show everywhere from from the autopsy room to to Alex um a little sanctuary to even the hospitals everywhere you go the color green is shown so it's 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 a fundamental writing like this fundamental storytelling like this that just makes me believe that people that don't know that this is a comic show could get into it i also don't think besides blade maybe that we've dealt into the horror aspect of comic books all that much. Oh, no, 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 not you at know, all. The Walking Dead would be considered a horror comic as well. But as far as like from the big two, I don't think we've uh, done a deep dive on some of that stuff. And we've, we've tried with the Netflixes. We've tri- I, I can't not discredit, I can't discredit Jessica Jones. There's a lot of portions of Jessica. thriller. I'd give that a thriller. I wouldn't necessarily say it was horror. Because I, yeah, you but what about Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman in that same plot. And you, that'd be just oh my god! Know, along like, came a spider. Stop it! And you'd be and you'd be right there. So I consider that a thriller. But I'm talking about like people getting ripped in half and stuff like that. Like like aka a, a thousand jaws cuts. being ripped off. The guy that, that that killed himself in the park with the yeah. What did he what what did he do? Uh, I was um. Oh, he he put like a shears, a, a, a shears in his mouth and yeah. And basically but no, I, I understand like because the, yeah. there's psychological thrillers and then there's straight up body horror. Yeah, like and that's another thing too is that. Swamp Thing innately invites all of this, which gets me mad when they try to force these aspects on a property that doesn't need it. You know? Yo, you're right. You're not even wrong. Like, why, even wrong. why make Batman predestined when you already have somebody that is the avatar of, of the entire Earth? You, know you don't have to place different importance on people that we already got. You don't have to change people that we I know got. what you're saying, and I 100% agree with you. Why give, why give that aspect to Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman when it's literally the characteristics of this kind of character. Yeah. I, and just I tell, totally get Just you. tell that story. 100%. Don't, and I agree with you. Don't give the best parts of other characters to the main three or the main two um, and then expect people to just write that off. You know? I Somebody don't... that's not like us will write it off. You yeah. know? My sister will go see it and she'll be like, oh my god, there's the greatest movie ever. Yogi will go see it and he'll just be like, but you already had a character that existed with the exact same backstory. Like, I've seen it before and I can't remember where I saw it, but I did see a comic book. There was one comic book movie where I remember the backstory was totally not even theirs. Oh, really? I don't remember what it was. I'm going to have to re- uh, rethink of all of well, them. Catwoman? <laughs> that's, Be- besides Cat, yeah, that's, I'm guessing They made Catwoman. that up, whole cloth. <laughs> Basically, like that never Cats happened. farting and ma- burping in the mouth. Oh Punisher? My God. Punisher's was, backstory, I don't even know. He was never a real. cop. He in, wasn't? in the movie, he was a cop. He was a cop in ex-military, right? In the movie. Probably ex-military, but the whole thing is that he's a cop who, um, on a drug deal, um, is disguised and gets John Travolta's son killed. And that's why John Travolta kills him. In this, he was just a military person that got caught in the in the real in the comics. He was a military guy who got caught in some mobster stuff that, uh, and they ended up killing his uh, his family. So I like they try Punisher to give you- versus Punisher kills Marvel Universe retcon the best, <laughs> where he just took his or his family was going through Central Park and then they died because of uh, the scroll and X Men fighting. Yeah, that's that. I want that as his permanent backstory. I would change how a person thinks, but yeah. Sometimes they try to give us what they think is the most digestible version. But yeah, I love how this put all the cards out on the table and you either got it or you don't. 
again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. These DC, uh, these DC universe shows are unapologetic. If you're here, you're here for it. No, it you're feel not like, even wrong. They don't feel like they have to, to, to bow to you. You're coming to them, and they'll give you the best they got, and they've been killing it. It's just a, a They're shame. giving you body horror, flus, actual romance, and accurate comic book depictions it's like and executively produced by a a horror a classic uh, literally the modern the master of modern horror like not just not just me but a lot of people consider james wan like the master of modern horror when it comes down to filmmaking though personally me jason blum he may he may just be a producer but blumhouse has the most influential blumhouse has given us like blumhouse is the horror production company of today so what would you, if you could have, what would you have wanted to see in season two? Um, definitely more Woodrow, more Floronic Man and Swamp Thing fighting each other. But the most important thing would for me is Avery. Okay. The le- the, the very the dangling, last yeah. scene we see of Will Patton's character ever for the rest of this series is him coughing up a leaf and saying, what the hell is this? Bam, we never see him ever again. You're right, because that's not entirely dealt with either. Lucilia is dead. Matt is dead. Does he answer for those deaths? Does Maria stay? Well, I don't think he answers for the Matt death, but he'll definitely answer for that Lucille death. You know, but it's like, is everybody going to be as welcoming? He's still, even when he came back from the swamp, people were looking at him like, you okay? Like, <laughs> they weren't 100% on board with him. I don't see it coming to a point where after Lucilia's death, people just are embrace him with open arms again like nothing happened you just put your wife in a mental institution like what's going on here uh it'd be very interesting to see if he would have tried to wrestle control back uh into his hands of Murray. that would have been a very interesting turn to see uh if they were able to do obviously my personal thing i would have wanted i would have wanted some anton arcane i would have wanted some yeah uh, I didn't think tying, about that. In, True. tying in uh abby's uh you know this horrific character in, in abby's life who then, Constantine, sorry to cut you off. I just a, Con- a Constantine, Const- uh, Constantine, a Constantine um, episode. Episode. Even, nah, introduce him into the show. I mean, if they can't do Constantine, they could just bring Kepling from Doom Patrol, right? With the knowing gum. <laughs> that dude is the man, Isn't he bro. Though? <laughs> He's like, you tell that son of a bitch that I know where it is, and I want to see him now. All that, that dude. Is how the much? Man. Do we, how how long do we have uh, to the end of the world? Well, at least twenty minutes. Really? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> It's like you heard the you heard the head oracle, the, the oh, horse head oracle. Yeah, hilarious stuff. Go watch Doom Patrol, people. Please, because this knocks out our three for three as far as DC Universe shows are concerned. Oh, one hundred percent. And uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to that. But go back and listen to the Doom Patrol episode if you haven't. Go back and listen to the Titans episode if you haven't. Follow us on these journeys because we don't know how much longer we're gonna have these shows. We thought Marvel Netflix was forever, and that did not end up being the case. So. Make sure that you're stopping by for every one of these episodes, especially next week's episode. Because the next week's episode of the Major Issues Podcast is the 100th episode of this podcast. You survived 100 episodes with us. Thank you. 100 episodes with us. And we will be doing a live podcast on Facebook Live. So this is the time. You guys know what I'm about to say. You guys have to make sure that you are following this podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Google uh, Play, I think, uh... Uh, Spotify, I love that we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, um, wherever podcasts are found. The quickest way to find us is to literally Google the uh, Major Issues Podcast, and um, we'll be the first one to pop right up, literally. Hell yeah. You type in Major Issues Podcast, we'll be the first ones to pop right up, 
and um, we are available wherever podcasts are found. But if you want to make sure you're in, you're there to uh, talk to us about all the latest and greatest things to come to Comic Books and Comic Book Media next week when we tackle um, our episode 100, we will announce what day we will be doing the live podcast, and you guys will be able, to, all of our fans will be able to not only engage us in conversation. But ask us anything regarding the podcast, regarding um, movies, uh, casting, comic books. We'll just be literally uh, free and accessible to you guys, the fans, as a thank you for making us the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. We want to thank you guys so much. So make sure you're following us at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, and use the hashtag comic book click to learn about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books media. Man, the hottest, uh, greatest. We, we try to cover it all here. So do so and follow us there. We're also on Twitter at Major Issues CBC, and we're constantly posting on there. But on Facebook this week, after this podcast is announced, we will announce the date and the time for you guys to stand by and uh, join us for our episode 100 celebration. And we'll be talking just current events in general, just trying to give you guys more of a feel of us as, as hosts of this podcast. And that's us doing that as a thanks to you guys. If you want to thank us at all, the easiest way you guys can do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to find out how to grow as podcasters, find out what you like and what you didn't. It's 100 episodes in, so if you're not liking it so far, we're, uh, we got to change course, right? Uh, maybe one of us is speaking about you, accent. The one I want to – how I want some thanks is to hear from you guys. That's yeah, like, man, write us in. That's it. Like, I, I don't know. I just want to hear – Hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for putting yeah, because up content. It's like, that's ironically, it. the, the listens are up. You know, we, We've broken 5,000 downloads overall, which is a tremendous feat considering um, we're averaging about you know, upwards of 50 uh, listens an episode, which to some could be you know, uh, spare change, but to us, literally every no, one of you guys yeah. is a valuable member of this family, this clique. We are all here together. We do this every week. Uh, for this, we're trying to create a good community of people who want to talk about the geekiest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Uh, so join us next week uh, for episode 100. You can email us at any time at comicbookclick at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us at every single social media device. Look at the description for this episode or the description for any episode for all the links of how to reach us on all the platforms. And you can buy also merch from us at Tee Public. Uh, I believe there was an ad at the beginning of this episode that tells you how to do so. So just go back, get us, get a shirt, get on Facebook, ask us whatever you guys want to ask us next week as we talk about all things comic book and comic book media. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Swamp Thing uh, season one recap and review. And remember, whether or not you did something that you regret at a very young age, whether you're coughing up all kinds of tree bark and whatnot, whether uh, your sugar mama done cut you off, uh, or you're just <laughs> a little hungry for some turtle soup, remember that we are the green. Remember that we are the click. I remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs> <laughs>